If Dayton's the city of a thousand factories, what does that make Chicago? City of a thousand gangsters. It dwarfs its industrial competition in the Midwest, sprawling its rail lines across the north, reaching to all corners of this great country. Here you are, second night stuck in the middle of it. You decided to go to the meeting with the Anarchs. After some shenanigans, well, most of you did, Ted got sidetracked. And his shadow led him into a dangerous place indeed. Fortunately, Ted is often underestimated. This let him walk out of there without, frankly, some things he probably wouldn't want to think about. Especially who that turned out to be. <laughs> Given a clue, he brought it to the others who had attended the meeting with the, the Anarchs. And they found that the Anarchs in the city are small potatoes compared to the ones back at home. They asked you to whack a guy, said it was the Chicago way. But you declined. And they settled instead for having you throw a big distraction and blacken Drummond's name. Make him look incompetent, they told you. Drummond, the rail lord, the son of the prince, Loden. It's hard to say how much of an adversary he'll be, but you know he's not alone. He's working with a witch, was something that Ted had learned. Eric, though, on loan from the Chantry. Another neonate. But powerful. And the words of that thing that called itself a demon back in your surreal train ride come back to you. That it had cut a deal with the train lord and his witch. Well, no matter. That's done with. Here you are. On the eve of what could be your final night in Chicago if things go well. You know that Libs in the area somewhere trying to destabilize Drummond her way. You know that he's headquartered in one of the train stations of the city. You don't know which one. The advice given you was look for the security. You have an asset who you last left infiltrating with the uh, Union Central Station. Al Swearingen. You could reel him in and see if he's learned anything. Or you could leave him to his work. Grab him another night. You're gone. The night is young. You bite in the, into the ropes, roadster that's only slightly smeared with innocent blood. Courtesy of Tommy's reckless driving. Well, luckily she was okay, but... Wow. And also... The car, maybe. Raven. You noticed she was missing after the fact. Does she have some tie to this mysterious native woman who's been showing up in visions 
And in Ted's blurred memories, the one with a black feather, single black feather, hanging from a lock from it in a scalp. Well. It's 10 o'clock at night. It's a Tuesday. And you're dead and on the road with a pale and worried Alex Abernathy stuffed in between you. Kind of cramped up against the corner of the guard too polite to say anything. So the question arises. Are you united in your desires to take down Drummond tonight or is there something else you'd like to do beforehand? So Tommy, who's actually driving, just turns off the main road onto a slightly less busy street and looks around to make sure that there's nobody who could possibly be listening and then first thing he does is he looks at Alex and he sighs and he says hey okay look uh, look uh, the guy at the, the dealership look uh, we'll tell him we'll tell him uh, we hit a we hit a deer okay uh, a city deer that came out came out uh, out of one of the theaters after catching a late night performance or something don't worry about it. Now... Yes, I, I'm sure they have many deer up here. I'm sure that happens all the time. Can't be the oh, don't, don't don't worry. Look, uh, when, when when I say it, it, it happened, uh, they'll believe me, you know. Uh, deer, deer are precocious creatures, right? They can, they can uh, you know, they can walk around in the city. You know, it's a public place. Ain't no restriction. Ain't no rule saying deers can't be there. But... Of course. So... I think we should go after this train guy. Like Sam said, head to the train yard, do the old switcheroo, and then we can get out of here. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like uh, Raven might be in a bit of trouble. And, uh, well, it was kind of my idea that she come along. And so I would hate to, uh, you know, leave her to her fate. If, if, if indeed something's going on, or it would be uh, something I'd, uh, well, I'm sure I'd forgive myself eventually, but, you know, for a few months at least, uh, it'd make sleeping a little bit hard. Let me pose you a question. Do you have any idea where she went? If any idea where we should look for her? Well, uh, last I recall, uh, me, you, and Helena, we was, uh, we was, uh, getting ready to bunk down. We was putting the mattresses against, we was going to the mattresses, and then he Ted went out to hunt, and I think Raven did too, and I assumed that Ted and Raven, wherever they went, they went together. Don't suppose that's true? He turns to Ted. Hey, no. When I went to hunt, it was... It was just me. But I did... While we were on our way to... Meet up with my contact, she... Did seem to become... It was almost like she was possessed. Started heading towards the... Lake Michigan, wasn't it? Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah Lake Michigan. Yeah, it's, Started uh, heading towards you know, Lake Michigan. Lake. Uh, 
They're just as, just as ominous as rivers, you ask me. Hmm. Okay, and then after I fed, too, I found myself near the lake, as if something had called me there. Okay, so we have a place we can start. Go on, go on. There's, well, now that you mentioned it, too, the one of the uh, one of the mortals, the uh, those guys I ended up running into, had who mentioned a, a witch in the lake. Witch in the lake. Uh... I don't know. She might be somehow subconsciously pulling us there. Well, I mean, there. I mean, we was told by the Anarchs that uh, this train guy, he's in league with a witch, uh, Erecto. So if there's a witch in the lake, maybe it's the same one, you know what I mean? Either way, we got a place to start, and, uh, well, if we, uh... If we think that's a bit too vague, then uh, he peers over at Helena and lingers on her for just a moment too long that he takes his gaze off the road and the car violently jolts as the wheels go up onto the sidewalk. Alex screams a little. Oh, whoa, whoa. Tommy quickly whirls around, he grips the wheel and wrenches it to the left and the car jolts again back onto the road. What I was gonna say is we got someone who can uh, take vague things and uh, make them slightly less vague, you know what I mean? You know, get visions from the great beyond and all the spooky-wooky with them, so... I think if we were to go look for Raven, maybe we would have at least something to work with. But on the other hand, if we go look for her, maybe there goes our opportunity to mess with the train guy. Maybe we're stuck here for another night and I don't exactly want that look. I wanted to come here my whole life, but ever since we've been here, People just been pulling us back and forth, back and forth, and, uh, you know, I'd rather be the big fish in the small pond than, no, we're, uh, we're looking for her. We're looking for her, okay, uh, well, well she's uh, a big girl, she can take care of herself, we have things to do. Tommy's, Tommy's clearly torn between Sam and Helena here. She could be in trouble. Yeah, she could also be causing trouble, you don't know. None of us know that. Well, uh... Look, I hate to be the one to suggest this, but, uh... I don't suppose we need all four of us to, uh... Switch a train... Turn a switch at the train station, right? I mean... It would make sense if a smaller party went in. If there's gonna be security everywhere, the less feet on the ground, then... Less chance will be seen. Right, right. So you and your dog, maybe Helena or Ted, depending on who wants to look for Raven and who wants to do the train I'm thing. Looking for Raven. All of us. So, so me and Helena definitely looking for Raven. Then, which means Ted, you want to join us or you want to go with Sam? 
Because I think uh, that's our best bet of, at, at doing both these things. At least having a chance at doing them. Hey, well, if we're going with the uh, splitting up part, I think, wouldn't it make more sense for those of us who are a bit harder to see to do the train stuff? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I'm uh, not exactly inconspicuous. Tommy's... Quiet, but not inconspicuous. Internally, Tommy's fighting himself. He wants to at Raven, but he knows that this is reasonable, and after a while... nods and he says yeah i guess so all right me and sam at the train yard you and helen are looking for raven assuming that's what we agree upon and i mean that works for me okay I and mean, i can make I it I... work but like I said, I stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> You're okay with that? Then, then, yeah, sure, whatever. No, I can... Look, you know, I, I'm good at not being seen. I can, I can, you know, maybe I'll rub off on you. I can, I can make sure that we both get in there. You just stick with me. I kind of want you around because, you know, you can do the thing with the dog and the other animals and, and that might come in handy. Since we're not, don't exactly know what security we're dealing with. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm strictly good with, uh, with people only. Uh, less so when they're on the blood teeth, you know. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a compelling point. You make, you make good sense. Yeah, okay, this is fine. It's not optimal, but it's fine. Hey, you know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we'll be like, uh, you know, when, uh, when they get the new baseball player, and, and he, he, no one thinks he's gonna succeed, you know, and, and they're all rooting for him because he's a little guy, you know, the, uh, the Wonder Dog. Yeah, the Wonder Dog. Maybe it'll be like that. As, as Tommy says this, Sam pats Lucius on the head and gives him a little scritch. Yeah, who's the Wonder Lucius Dog? Lucius is the Wonder Dog. The tail thumps on the floor of the car. I mean, if that's how it's gonna be, that's how it's gonna be. Alright, well, uh... Let's try. So, assuming the place where Ted last saw Raven is is on the way to the train yard, Tommy will drop Helena and Ted off. Alex joins as well. You drop them off at Lincoln Park. It's not a large... Right. So it's a fairly quick trip thanks to your brand new roadster. Well, slightly used roadster. And at this time of night, it's fairly deserted. As Tommy lets, as Tommy watches them exit the car, his gaze lingers. And when he catches her attention, he just says, Okay, uh, look, uh, if you find her, and uh, what I mean, if you find I mean, of course you're gonna find her, she's she's gonna be fine when we find her when you find her just tell her tell her i would be there but i got you know sam and i we gotta make sure we can get out of this town and not be pulled into any more of the stuff that's going on here just tell her 
Tell her I, I'm sorry, okay? Yeah, alright. Uh, I can do that. I'm counting on you. And he looks over at Ted and he says, You stay away from that lake. Uh, if you can bag that witch, go ahead. But uh, don't you be stepping into that water. Because once you step into a lake or a river, that's when bad things are going to happen, okay? I'll try my best. Tommy nods, and then he starts the engine, and the car roars away. And so we'll cut to the edge of Lincoln Park. It's a cool night for summer. Alex is shivering next to you, Elena. Though perhaps that's because of fear rather than the temperature. There's a susurrus of wind blowing through the trees every now and then. But the sounds of the city are still loud behind you. The black waters of Lake Michigan are a scant few hundred yards away. So, you guys, I'll tell you what. You guys can either tell me how you should go about searching, or you can simply roll investigation or survival plus resolve. Are too sleep deprived to not just take that role. <laughs> Investigation, survival, resolve. Investigation or survival um, plus resolve. Choose one or the other. That's not a good role. What have you got in those? Uh, or survival plus resolve so either way it'll be a seven for me unless this counts as water in which case I can use survival to make it an eight you know it's oh. close enough to the lake I'd say it counts as water alright let's go with that then I'm rolling mine uh, one success for me one success as a success as a success keep that in mind mm. Don't check what hunger I'm at. I'm still only at one. Cool. I'm at three, apparently. I'm at yep. one, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, Helena did get hungry last session. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sure Amongst all my shenanigans, I did manage to feed. What the absolute oh, yes. garbage. Oh. That is just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, shit. What, what are yeah, we I looking that, at? I had that whole yeah. last game. Oh, one on eight. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I've had that happen, man. I've had that happen. Are you happy with that? Ah, no. But even with a reroll, it brings it up to a two. <laughs> Three successes is what you needed to find it in a reasonable time. Oh. It takes a while. It takes about an hour. Scouring the park from top to bottom. Your shadow is suspiciously absent. This is the sort of thing he'd be helpful with, but for whatever reason, he's not here. But at last you find... Small footprints. Small tracks in the mud. That head down south of... Head down to the... uh, 
south to a small pier. Once there were two boats tied up here. Now there's only one. And folded neatly upon it. Almost as if they were left behind by somebody who knew they'd come back for them later. Folded on the dock are clothes that you recognize as ravens. And far out across the lake is the small flickering light of what could be a campfire. Much of the swimmer? There is another uh, boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, the part would be good then. <laughs> I don't know too bad of a swear, but there is a boat. <laughs> Mind you. You know, there is. <laughs> if you want to be stealthy, there is swimming. You don't breathe, mm. after all. Wow. I don't suppose it really matters if you haven't had swimming lessons when you don't breathe. Mm. Indeed. Well, I mean, it might take a bit longer. Take a bit longer, but, like, you've got all the time in the world. Okay, I... Um, I, I get kind of a bad feeling about this. What, what about what about you? Yeah, well, I've not really had a good feeling ever since I kind of blacked out and wound up near the lake, near the lake. So, yeah, that that'll do with that. Uh, okay. Um, look, boats can be real conspicuous. Hmm. You alright with swimming? No, I'm fine with swimming, yeah. Okay. How far is it? It's... Oh, it'll take you a while. But you have at least one dot in athletics, yes? Uh, yes, I do. It's hard to estimate, but you figure you could get there in at least half an hour. That's fine. Uh, uh, what time is it? It's about 9.30, 10-ish. Ah, mm. oh, okay, that's fine then. Um, More toward the 10-ish, yes. Okay. Yeah, I hope that's safe. Um, uh, it, Helena just starts disrobing. Alex coughs and turns away furiously. Mm. <laughs> Helena doesn't even like acknowledge it. Ted can see his eyes sliding down to the water where there's a dim reflection in the moonlight, though. He's <laughs> <laughs> a surprise that I describe him because it's like, that never occurs to Ted. <laughs> he just jumps in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Ted just goes in. Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, Helena, sh should I stay here? And oh, God, I should guard your clothing, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you, Lexi. She kind of forgot he was there. <laughs> Guard her clothing. <laughs> What's she gonna wear on the island? Oh, whatever. <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. No. Ellen has come a long way. Now we'll cut. And while you're doing that, taking your leisurely swim, we'll cut back to the other team. All right. Tommy and Sam. 
What's the plan? Do you want to go rattling cages and hitting up your contacts to find out where Drumna may be? Do you want to swing by the hmm. central station, try to scoop up Al? Well, you Tommy, do something else entirely? Tommy has a name he can check up, and he's got, you know, he's got underworld contacts, and I'm sure he, you know, he can find someone in Chicago. And he says to Sam, okay, uh, look, uh, I'm sure we could just, you know, find our way there, roll up and get this done, but, uh, you know, we're dealing with someone who's apparently a big fish, and, uh, I happen to know some guys who probably had reason to deal with the trains before. They're mortals. They're not like us. So they don't know about this Drummond guy, but they might be able to point us in the right direction. Only it's gonna take a little while for me to, you know, uh, drop a dime in the right place. And get it all to line up, so... You know, you're the one leading this little shindig, so I'll leave it up to you. Is it possible that Sam could roll, like, a wits investigation or something to determine where the most reasonable hub of trains would be? Because if he's the train master uh, of this place, it would be the place where the most trains are, right? You can go ahead and roll me an intelligence plus three-wise. See what you've picked up about Chicago. Ouch. <laughs> I'll give it a go. Uh, one success. Um, see, the, the thing about Chicago is it's sprawling. There are a lot of train stations here of varying sizes. There's at least three or four major ones. And a whole bunch of little depots. Yeah, so... I don't know this place from the back of my hand. I, uh, I'm out of ideas. Maybe we should go with your contacts. Yeah. You do get the notion that if this guy is the son of a prince, he's probably going to be at one of the major ones, though. So. Yeah, if they don't have all night. Tommy's not sure exactly not. what his contacts will know, but, you know, he used to be a smuggler, a bootlegger, and... If any gangster in Chicago has been involved with bootlegging, at some point they probably have had to right. put something on a train, and he's banking on that. So he's going to... Sounds good. He's going to just uh, stop the car and locate the nearest payphone, and gotcha. he's going to drop a call to the name that Eddie gave him, and while he's at it, he's going right. to just ring up a couple old contacts in the underworld that owe him some favors from years ago and try to cash them in okay so well how we're going to handle this is we're going to cut to the chase and i'll ask you to roll your uh, charisma plus persuasion plus the dots you've got in contacts and i'll count that one from sam and if it's a part of the role already to help narrow it down yeah, all right that'll be a dice pool of nine Mainly because of Tommy's charisma and persuasion, but he does have three. Knock on wood. We know that's no guarantee of anything. We've seen that. Yeah, four successes. Four successes. It does take you about an hour. but And a little money promised. 
and the disturbing news from one of your contacts that they heard that there's been some trouble in Dayton and your name's been bandied about. Hmm. This but briefly you, you, registers to Tommy, but then it occurs to him that these are mortal gangsters, and he interprets that it's probably like some mortal power struggle, and but it, you he'll find, be able yeah. to deal with that. You're on point. You're on hunt, and you've got things to deal with. So you push through, and you get word. Nobody's quite sure why. But there's a station down off Hyde Park called the Illinois Central Station. Big, spread out place, built in some sort of high Victorian Gothic style. Sprawling canopies around, ornate as hell, gargoyles on the roof, the whole nine yards. And I'll go see if I can tuck a picture into Owlbear here. And you are fairly certain, given what you're not hearing from your mortal contacts, that there is definitely a vampire in residence. Judging by the descriptions they're giving of strange goons patrolling around. Yeah, it sounds like it and might the be the place. Business. All right, Mickey, uh, consider us even. Uh, you, uh, you say hi to the boys for me. Tommy hangs up the phone and returns to Sam. All right, out of go. All right, so, uh... And four plus one, actually, you scored five successes. Oh, yeah, because of Sam's, yes. So that gets you another fact. One of, you, one of the contacts you rattle... Mentions a moving van pulling up early tonight. And uh, some weird lady directing a whole bunch of heavy stuff being moved up to one of the upper floors. Crates labeled in weird languages. Hmm. Alright, so, uh... They knew more than I thought they would. Uh, they told me about this weird train station it's got it's got you know gargoyles up on the walls and they you know like some old cathedral or something and these my guys said that the guys patrolling were weird and you know if my guys say someone's weird then they're definitely weird and there's this moving truck in the vicinity and they're moving something something into the train station you know crates with strange writing on them and you know i i hear strange writing and i think uh, i think mumbo jumbo i think witch so i think maybe this witch whatever's in those crates is important to her and if we want to throw a uh, throw a gear into the spanner then we should uh Make sure those crates don't get where they need to go. You understand? But Sir redirects just that, not a big spectacular display. Yeah, you know, maybe we do, uh, maybe we switch a couple tracks or something. 
you know, maybe maybe misplace a, a, a cargo manifest or a timetable or something like that, just to, you know, sow some confusion. But I think it, I think these crates is what we gotta be concerning ourselves with. Yeah, I think you're probably right. There's no reason not to go now, then. Yeah, I, uh, I hope the others are okay, but, uh, well, they're doing their part, so, uh, let's do ours. All right, uh, you ready? Uh, Lucius there ready for some sniffing? The, uh, the wonder dog? Yeah, he's always ready. All right, uh, let's get going, then. And Tommy <laughs> starts the engine and begins the drive to the train yard. Lucius understands, and uh, through the ride, sticks his head out the window with his tongue just, like, flapping in the breeze. He's very excited. Oh, 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 oh. Tommy says. Uh, Sam, you, uh, you need to stop for a drink or something on the way. Ah, uh, no, Sam's, um, Sam's good. Nah, yeah, I got that unlocked. That's all fine. Good, okay, because... You know, I noticed Helena seemed a bit antsy back there, and I thought, you know, we should just, you know, better safe than sorry. Let's go. Let's do this. 11 o'clock at night, and you set off to the south. Now we'll skip back. It can barely be called an island. It's more like a series of rocks with delusions of grandeur. And a single driftwood fire crackling in the center of it. At the very edge of it, naked, staring into the flames, sits Raven. She doesn't look up as you come out out of the surf. Is there anything around quickly before I say anything? Anything or anyone? The blackness of the water. Oh, you do have sense the unseen, don't you? I do. Throw me a wits plus auspex. Yes, that's the wrong. Good. But there is something. <laughs> Three. Three. Ted, you don't have to roll. You see what she sees. Which is the faces in the fire. Women, mostly, whispering. You can't quite make out what they're saying. You get the feeling that if you approached, you would. There's a glow to this fire. It's not entirely just on this plane. Wherever ghosts are, it's also there that you know. Fire's drawing them. They are speaking to Raven. 
Helena, you also notice that there's uh, something attached to Ted. It, it looks like a ghostly, half-there, snapped blue ribbon. How many dots of a cult do you have? Okay, um... She has just the one. Somebody tried to put a spell on Ted. But it seems to have frayed and broken. Interesting. No indication of how long ago that might have been. You're just a novice in these matters. Yeah, reasonable. But you're pretty sure you didn't see anything like that while you were in the car. Okay. For now, she's not going to mention anything. Um, she might try and get a little bit closer. You, sir. Um, Silence of Death is on. And you hear some of the whispers distantly, echoes. You have a feeling that if you could steal your nerve and approach the fire as close as Raven is, you could hear them properly. Do you want to, though? That's a good question. Yeah, she does. Then roll me your resolve plus composure. Plus Here we go. Of your humanity. Oh, good goody. <laughs> That's four. You steal yourself and you approach. They're not speaking in words. They're speaking in images, sounds that conjure pictures that you're see, starting to see in your mind, pictures that are starting to block out the rocks, vines, trees. Ah, but as soon as you get them, they're gone. You get the idea that you could focus on them. That might be dangerous. The warmth of the fire cr crackles, drying your skin, which shivers at its proximity. You have no idea how Raven's standing it. Do you want to focus on pictures? Do you want to try to snap Raven out of it? Do you want to do something else? What's Ted doing while this is going yeah, on? Yeah, what's Ted doing? Uh, I suppose seeing Heller in her approach, he'd try to quietly make his way up, way up closer. I'm assuming he's going to require the same role. No. Huh? Oddly enough, you're not hearing anything. But you can't, will have to roll to approach the fire, yes. Yeah, that's right. 
And it's... There's seven humanity, that becomes two, doesn't it? Or is sure it one? does. Round down. Two. And actually, you've got Oblivion Sight. Yeah, you would hear them as well. Okay. Uh, that's a four as well on the resolve check. The water steams off of you as you draw close. And yeah, you're getting this you're getting the same thing. Images. Pictures. Are they is it well this, is whatever's coming off the fire because like, using oblivion sight, does it is it giving off the same sort of like the aura, I guess, or, or whatever, like ghosts give off, like when he sees a ghost. That fire is full of ghosts. Yeah. That fire is some sort of cr crude portal to the realm, whatever realm ghosts live in. In fact, you can feel the fetter in your pocket stir and shiver, and try as if it's trying to withdraw. I like get away from the fire. Yep. Or get to it. Okay. Get away. As he gets to like Helena, just sort of like gives her a look of like, are we, are we getting our attention? Or <laughs> and and though it's a little more muted for you, you're getting the same kind of feeling. A few scattered images. Could try to concentrate on them. As uh, as he as he looks to Helena, she's already gone. She's she's doing she's concentrating on that. Ah. Uh. Well. Yeah, Helena's eyes have gone the same as Raven's, unfocused. Lights of the flames reflected in them. And that's why you alone, in your hesitation, hear the splat, splat of wet feet on the rocks behind you. Oh, God. No. This is a voice. No God here. I turn to see who it is. I don't think I recognize that voice. <laughs> a part of you does, but it comes too late, and then... Oh. Yep. That's the native woman from your dream. One hair tied in a braid hanging down from her fore... adjacent to her forehead. Black feather. As naked as Helen is. Small. Ah, oh, Staring up at you. Perhaps. Are you so eager to feed me again? She bargained for your safe passage. Why do you wish to throw it away? What? You mean, you mean Raven? You gesture to 
the Skinwalker. So long since I've seen one of the five tribes. Another of the five tribes. But she took in too much blood from his line. And that need did, needs to be purified. She must learn of the proper guard. Helena! Yeah? You're lost. You're lost in a primeval wilderness. Trees as high as skyscrapers. Plants. Ferns waving gently in the breeze. Moonlight filtering down. And in the center of it, a woman, pale as an ivory statue, holds court. All around her, women kneeling, offering bloody wrists. She walks among them, licking gently, taking. And then she returns to the tallest tree and screams, ripping herself open, splattering blood upon it. And from the tree, fruit grows in an instant, apples filling in like balloons. Maybe apples, it's hard to say. And she reaches out, plucks them one by one, and returns to the bloody women distributing the fruit and they thank her in the language you don't languages you don't understand but the common element is a name one name Lilith yeah that about tracks <laughs> uh, you can just can Helena more images Pale women striding forth, a few men among them as well, moving through the primeval lands, smaller trees, but still stretches of trees nonetheless. Fires in the night. The trees fade, a great stone city. A land of sand and rock, and standing on one parapet, a man, a man stern, as ivory as the woman, Lilith, a man gazing out into the wilds, his eyes black and soulless. And you can see both of them, both of them. As though your vision could encompass hundreds, maybe thousands of miles. She's staring from her tree. Him, him staring from his castle. The 
There's something profound here, but you do not have the frame of mind to reference it. You'd have to go deeper, deeper into the whisperings, deeper into the images. But you know if you do that, something in you is telling you if you do that, you might not come back. This may be your last chance to depart without leaving a part of yourself behind. I feel I should be Sertoran. On the other hand, this is knowledge. Knowledge that you somehow can tell is value. No, I think she gives in. Meanwhile, back on the rock, back on the rocks, the woman watches as Helena eases down at the edge of the fire, crouching or on her haunches, staring into it, and sighs. I have another, either I have another to prepare or I have dinner tonight. Is this like towards Helena I'm using or? Oh, she's looking at Helena. Yeah. Her eyes are off you, Ted. You could probably make a break for it if you wanted. Here, go. Much as everything in his being is screaming to just run. <laughs> hey, I don't suppose that means you only feed from our kind then. Nothing else tastes of anything to me anymore. Animals are ashes. Men and women are water, not even that. Right. Why did you come? Uh, well, we were looking for Raven. She came with us, and we were trying to make sure she came back with us. She had attachments to two of you. The one she calls Tommy, and the one called Helen. For a second, I thought that was an entirely different person she was talking about, and I thought to destroy her. But then she told me of Helena. And I said, no, no, they cannot be the same. They are not. Mm. 
This place is not safe for you. Oh, you've been gathering that. <laughs> Raven bargained with me. She would remain here. And learn of her true mother. And in return, I would not hunt you. And I would cloud the eyes of the ancients for two nights. We've already used one of them. Many ancients in this place, they find uses for everything that comes within their reach. They fit them into their stories. Or they remove them from every story. I don't suppose a demon would count as one of these ancients, would it? Roll me an insight plus wits. Yeah. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Gee, I'm rolling that. Don't forget you can push. I mean, uh, boost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So use your blood. Use your blood. Yeah. Uh, becomes one success. There is no warning. Uh. Suddenly she's standing in front of you. Her lies locked with yours, and then you can feel an immense, the immense pressure of a very being trying to force its way into your skull. Do you wish to resist? Uh, yeah. Alright, so that'll be a wits plus subterfuge versus dwarf plus aspects. Plus Witch. a few extra dice for uh, reasons. Yeah. Uh, Wits subterfuge, you said? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's all boost wits. Plus a willpower because you said something that honestly spooked her. Ooh. Success on the wits boost, so I don't get hungry. Yeah, uh, three successes, which I'm gonna assume isn't enough. <laughs> no, it is not. Mm. If you want later, I'll tell you how much you rolled. Okay. You might as well have tried to close uh, an ocean liner door on a tidal wave. <laughs> it's like standing in front of a. It's like standing in front of a hurricane and having it go through you. 
there's an it's uncomfy as hell but and you feel her riffling through your memory sorting through them one by one until the exact events of the train are replayed in your mind and then it's done that thing ah that is what they were having it do you could have just asked easier this way so it is your enemy I would you like to kill it I mean ideally get rid of it it seems to be causing all the troubles because if we have to kill it then yes I should not say kill it kill it and it comes back I did say that yeah Perhaps I have a reason for letting you leave. I'm guessing he's exactly a friend of yours either. I have no friends. Not many, but a few relatives. A few more than I'd expected. And her eyes shift back to Raven. Even if the blood isn't exactly the same. And now we're gonna cut back to Helena. Helena, who... who is basically riding out one hell of a trip. So I'm going to need a resolve (laughs) plus wits as literal millennia of history are flashing through you, through your mind's eye, to see what you can retain. You have given into the torrent. Was the roll, sorry. Wits plus resolve. You have given into the torrent. Let's see what you have gained. That's a good roll for me, at least. Um... Okay, here we go. It is... Oh, two. I'm going to re-roll failures. Um, Probably. Four. Idea. All right. You see... Time is different. Time is not what most think it is. Time stretches and dances like mercury on a plate. Like water with a candle underneath it, heating it, moving it, evaporating it, condensing once again. You see a vast desert you see things of impossible beauty and great terror moving 
among it, you see some of them planting trees, planting other plants. You see, and you realize they're making gardens. There's eyes in the sky that are vast and different, and they're not eyes, but it's the closest thing your mind can conceive of watching the work and finding it good. And in the gardens, things awaken. <sighs> People, and you recognize two things in two different gardens. One of them could be the ivory woman. The other could be the stern, dark-eyed man. Only they're, they're living now. They're laughing. They're running naked. They're mating. They're being. And one by one, the other gardens fade away. One garden burns, and the dark-eyed man flees into the night. Something which he is calling wife with him. Flash ahead to the man howling in fear and rage as the woman's bloodless corpse lies below him. His fangs extended. Uh, in in the physical world, if you were looking, uh, you would spot a, a drop of blood roll down Helena's cheek. Flash to the man entering the garden of the ivory woman who smiles at him from her tree of blood and fruit, and beckons him closer. As she offers what you now recognize as a pomegranate in one hand, crushing it as the seeds red red juice between her fingers. And you see lines of the dead, lines of the hungry dead, surging out from the garden. And fading away. At some point the man is in the stone castle, no, not a stone city and lines of the dead march out from there. They conquer and burn and multiply until the ivory woman is left weeping in her garden, weeping bloody tears. And then it pulls aside and you see traceries a magic passed down, blood from blood. No, not magic, a curse. And there are different curses because there were different gardens. Because there were different lines. You look over, come to yourself a little, then you look over to Raven and you see something wearing stolen skin, something of muscle and blood and bone and organs then you look at yourself and you see the man's form overlaid over you you're not from the same family as Raven and a part of you feels sorrow at this and the whispers beckon you when the whispers tell you they can remake you, they can give you the right blood, the proper blood, they 
can help you. You just have to let them. It'll take time, but you've got all time, don't you? You've got an eternity. And since you gave yourself fully over to whispers before, now I'm going to require you to roll a charisma plus resolve. Can do. Um, I think while this is going on... Do bear in mind, you can boost if you'd like to. I will be. Um, while this is going on, you can you can hear Helena audibly say she didn't deserve it. Okay, I don't get hungrier on that. Messy six. I'll take it. You surge out of... You didn't get hungry from that, did you? Okay, good. No, just three hunger and a messy critical six. You pull back from it. You re realize they're trying to pull you down. Whatever they have planned for you, it's going to remake more than just your blood. It's going to touch your soul. It's going to take whatever part of you that's called Helena and change you and the thought frightens you. You've been the captain of your own destiny. You just now figured out how to be yourself. How can you change? And then your blood fills with warm, delicious. And then your mouth fills with warm, delicious Vitae. The strongest you've ever tasted. And you open your eyes to see the side of Raven's face. Your fangs buried in her throat. Ted, you see the wound with the you see the woman turn and raise a hand. The air seems to concentrate around her. What do you want to do? As she's staring at Helena with anger. Uh, I'm guessing I see the Helen are basically biting into Raven as well. Oh yeah, Helen just kind of. Uh. <laughs> it happened li lightning quick. One minute you were talking laconically, yeah. the next Helen had. Yeah. So what would you like to do, Ted? Uh, what? What are you doing? And it's just like, does it looks like she's getting ready to like. Do something, I guess, violently do something, or so you're trying to talk Helena to her senses before uh, something bad happens here. Uh, more the the witch from the light, like the whole pulling oh. air is like, look like she's trying like, to about talk to attack or something. You're yeah. trying to talk the native lady down, okay? <laughs> awesome, <laughs> figure out what she's doing. Roll me charisma <laughs> plus persuasion, roll well. Yeah. Cool, I need to boost charisma. That's another success, I don't get hungry. Good. Bring it up to... Oh, Helena, you're down to hunger too, by the way. But that's, I'm glad it's not less. <laughs> 
Okay. You're feeling a little more affectionate toward Raven, though. I'll bet I am. Yeah. Um, she's uh, she's going to pipe up in a minute, but I'll let you roll, Ted. That's five successes. Five successes is what you needed. Jeez. The air coalesces as the woman clenches her hand, and suddenly Helena is ripped free from Raven, hanging the, the air in the air, twisting. Helena, you feel your your arms and legs being pushed together. You feel your bones being crushed slowly. And, and Ted yells, What are you doing? No, she didn't mean it. It was the beast. It was the beast. And Helena looks the woman in the eye and she says, startlingly calmly, What would they have of me? The woman looks looks to Ted. Yeah, she is young. The beast is strong. She unclenches her hand and Helena falls unceremoniously to the ground. Did she take any damage from that? How high up was no. she? Okay. Not far. What would they have of me? You bear a curse. The line of the one that those fools in the underground call Cain. But his was not the only garden, though not many more survive. Dark Mother's garden spreads again, slowly, carefully. They could take the curse from you and substitute the one given to her. What, what would change? Maybe nothing much, perhaps everything. It is different for each. She looks over to Raven, sighs, walks over, Licks her wound clean, then stares into her eyes. This one did not have much to begin with. The skinwalkers take the memories of those they turn and leave not much behind. The fallen will give her the strength she needs that she requested, but it will take time. She will stay here with me. I will care for her. Perhaps a year, perhaps five, perhaps twenty before she returns. Her will is was not as strong as yours.
everyday we want. Me. You are innocent to them, I think. When the bee, you called it the beast, yes? She looks at Ted. I am the beast. The more there is, the less that the, the less the spirits can pass on what the knowledge. And you are a woman, and many of them trust only women. I cannot say if they are right to do so, it doesn't matter. <sighs> Inconvenient. She looks at Raven. More than she bargained for. And you are enemies of the thing that is haunting here, looking for ways into things that should not be, trying to meddle and pry. I had bargained with Raven to let you pass and to hide you for two nights, and I have done so thus far. <laughs> I could give you something to help with the thing you called a demon. and send you to where it is. What if Would I... that be sufficient? What if I went with them? If you're a strong-willed, it may only take a month in the dreams. But you would remain here with me. I would care for you until you were done. Perhaps a month, probably not more than a year. They have much to teach, but they are telling me you are wise and learn well. Helen's just chewing her nails at this point. It's uncanny and as you talk, both of you kind of put your finger on what's going on here. This woman has no extraneous movements at all. You could be looking at a doll. You could be looking at a corpse that's in remarkably good shape. There's no pretense of life. There's no attempt at a pretense of life. There's no body language. You're not, you're not really thinking about staying here, are you? This is... Honestly, this is even weird by our standards. 
She just ignores him and, and she asks the woman, How long have you been you? That is a question I have difficulty answering. I've been here sleeping off and on for Are there any mammoths left alive? A what? Not... Not for quite a while. No, I... I've been here ever since the bone grinder descended from the north and... drove things below the soil. The sheet of ice that came down and killed all before it. It was a good time to sleep then. The hunting was shit. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, is is this lady like speaking normally? (laughs) I'm like with a mouth that it's just coming out. So now that you mention it, she is talking. There are words, but looking back on them, it's not any language you know, you're just understanding her. I would I would say, I mean, even if she's using a mouth and is speaking perfect English, she's still not speaking normally. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what language she's talking in, but it's coming across to you as understandable. And you didn't notice it until you pretty much focused on that. I need a moment to think. Take your time. She looks over to Ted. You have hunters after you. Uh, yeah. They're using a trick with ribbons, but running water foils that you were wise to come across when you did. But they will track you to the edge of the lake, most likely. So I do not recommend returning to where you left. Unless you can move very quickly. Okay, then. Well, that puts a a wrinkle in things. 
But you mentioned something about helping with our demon problem. She nods. Reaches reaches into a crevice on the rock, starts fiddling around, pulls out something like a like a bone. Runs it up her arm and starts dabbing blood along it. And you see it fall, kind of leach into the bone as if it were being burned into it. So you're looking at a crude, nasty shank full of symbols. Stab it with this. Gingerly takes it. It might do something. Yeah, of course, might those things those things aren't supposed to be loose anymore, but it got out somehow. So, hey, well, I suppose it's better than anything else we have. Hey, thank you for this. And then you feel that overwhelming presence in your brain again, and you see a picture. Picture of a building forming. Large, gothic style. Trains below it. This is where she is calling it to. I don't suppose the image happens to be the train station, does it? Sure does. Alrighty then, well that makes everything a lot easier. I just hope the other two haven't already inadvertently run into it. And then you'd, you'd probably better go. I imagine it will be not very... not be very happy with you since you all killed it last time. It is true. So I'm supposing that there's no way Raven's coming back with this then. No. Right. If you tried to take her, that would break the bargain she had made and I would kill the both of you. And take her anyway. Do you wish to break the bargain? No, no, I'm not, not intended to break any bargains. I was kind of assuming that's what would happen. And she turns to Helena. Have you reached a choice? Christ. She doesn't respond. Uh, is she, in fact, in the throes of a premonition? Indeed she is. Excellent. We'll take a break here and uh, return in what? 10 minutes.
Yeah. Well, Excellent. she's doing that. Ted's like trying to eye up a spot that would be away from where they took off from. Yeah. Oh, good. They've caught up with me. Shit. What's the role yeah. on um, premonitions again? By the way, I always forget. Yeah, it would be resolve plus aspects and also arouse cool. check. I uh, this I'll... is the second time you've used premonition tonight. Yes. Yeah, it gets harder every right. time. But second time isn't too bad. Second time isn't okay. too bad. She gets one dot hungrier and boosting as well. Um, All right, using Raven's stolen blood. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, All right. So that's uh, this roll of six. All right. Is there anything you're aiming this premonition specifically at, or just the future? She wants to know what would happen to the coterie, how long she might be there, and what would happen to her but she's actually less worried about that last one all right i'm gonna re-roll she gets two on that two huh okay Reroll, roll again. I, yeah. I, 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 can you afford another reroll? <laughs> can I just keep going? I, I forget how that it's works. It's your willpower, sure. Hmm? So I just roll. I just roll three dice to roll it again. Spend another willpower and roll three again. Yeah. This is a GM's discretion kind of thing. That's three. Some dice. rolls you can do this on. Yeah. Some rolls yeah. you cannot. That's three successes. But in this case, I'm willing to let you keep sacrificing three successes. All right. And yeah, that's where we one. <laughs> Here you go. You know what? This is such a big moment that she would. Mm. It's part of the reason why I gave Ted so much composure and resolve. <laughs> she gets four successes overall. Four successes. And she's now, she's got one willpower left, which I, I think is going to add into the moment. Helena. Helena? You reach into yourself and you break your mind so many times, as like you've done so many times over, sending the shards that are your consciousness down through the various avenues and streets of the future. In one future, you see yourself turning your back to your allies, leaving politics behind staying with Nerissa and eventually Raven who wakes up at a point where there are air raid sirens and metal planes in the sky and people telling about the war in 44 and you learn and you serve it and you serve as the woman Nerissa, you know her name is Nerissa's hands and eyes in Chicago, finding those who are ripe for the truth, those who are not yet too twisted by the curse, and bringing them to Lilith's grace. You see yourself forming a sisterhood, together with Raven and some others, a heavily tattooed Nosferatu you don't realize, a black woman who was born a man, many others. You're preparing the garden that grows beneath, unseen by those who call themselves kindred canines, you know now. Her 
Perhaps it's a better way, it's hard to say. It snatches up and glimpses of it. It does seem like this, even with this path, there's still treachery, betrayal, politics, strangeness, magic. You are never alone. That is something. But you also see, along this path, Alex, unaware of the bestial red eyes staring at him from the tree line, Alex waiting in the dock, at the dock for the both of you to return, pacing back and forth as the moon dips low in the sky. And you see Alex screaming, being dragged away by, by things that are barely recognizable as human. Tattered clothes, long fangs. Bring him to Diego. He'll know where the bastard's gone. Nobody leaves us. You also see Tommy and Sam and Ted in a cramped attic, the floor covered with sigil. Candles upon candles, waves. And you know how to disrupt these sigils. You've done it before. But you're not there. And your friends gather around and charge a woman, barely more than a girl, who's throwing flame at them, grabbing it out of the air and yelling, Hurry! Finish the ritual! And in the center, the figure... A man, naked and anointed with various paints, twitches as his skin turns blue, black with blue tracery going among it, and more arms burst from his form as he turns to glare at Tommy. It fades before you see the end of it. As Helena comes to you, she looks... Or uh, she, she looks directly to, to Ted and she just says, Go get Alex! <clears throat> I mean, I'd be walking straight into a truck. Go ask. get Alex! And then right. what? Says I, the native woman. I, I, need, I need a minute. I, I, I need a minute to think. Him, but you I don't really know what I'm going to say to the others. Here. You should not bring anyone else here. And when you leave, do not return. Alright, I will do. Don't know what I'm going to tell the others if you don't show up, but alright. And I'll. Start making his way into the water. Alright. Swimming for all you're worth? Or are you trying to be more stealthy? That's really the choice for you, Ted. Speed or stealth? Hmm. That's what it boils down to. That's 
supposed to be in the order of stealth because he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be seen in the water. All right. Go ahead and roll that. And while you're rolling, the woman turns to you, Helena. Uh, what's the roll? Sorry. Ah, uh, that'd be dexterity plus stealth. I don't suppose you have shadow play. Uh, no, I do not. Okay. I'd also allow wits plus stealth if you prefer. I'll go dex stealth. All right. <laughs> okay, four success. on a good burst of speed for the first 20 minutes or so, but then you slow down. You, you head at a different angle than the one to the light, well away from the dock. You come up and you observe. You simply observe, letting yourself dry on the shore to the point you're not dripping and staring at the dock. Alex is there, yes. But in among the tree line, you can see a few flickering glints, which somebody would mistake for red lights. Those are definitely eyes back there. There are two figures watching. Mm. They're watching Alex. Who's standing there pacing back and forth next to the other boat. I don't suppose at this distance would I be able to use my shadow puppet on Alex. What's the distance on that? What's the range on that? Uh, I honestly don't remember. Hmm. Let's look. Uh, I think it might just be as long as I can see the shadow. Go ahead and rouse the blood. Mm. I'll let you do it. You're old well enough on stealth. You can get within range, whatever it is. Oh. Okay, that is a failure, so I can hungrier. Yes, says the voice in your skull. Bring him here. Mm. Use the shadow to draw him here, then feast. Rain that useless little bit. He's fat, you know. Fat men have more blood. Should be tasty. I'm sure he would. But I'm just gonna, yeah, use it to try and basically, yeah, just right. puppet him away from the area and like, hopefully, away from them and without causing too much suspicion. You do that, mm. and this is a pretty good idea, except mm -hmm. there's one major flaw in the ointment, and that is Alex, mm. who, as you start walking him away, looks wildly, no, no, I don't want, what, what's going on here? I'm, no, I don't want to walk this way. Why am I doing this? 
I can't control myself! Help! Help! <laughs> oh my god, Alex is being carjacked. <laughs> <laughs> Why that's, uh, that's my if you get possessed. stop moving? <laughs> the rental's the least yeah. of his problems now. Uh, you see the two dots coming. of red eyes kind of look at each other, look back, and start following through the tree line. Now what? Oh. Well, since the good news the... is if you keep... Hmm? Oh, just, yeah, suppose it's noticing them using the tree line, I'm gonna try and, like, get him somewhere open to hopefully, like... Either where they can, they have to stop following him or come out in the open. Alright. I will say, go ahead and roll your Oblivion plus, uh, what's the stat for this ability? Uh, Puppet is Resolve Oblivion. Okay, yeah, roll your Resolve Oblivion and I'll roll their Wits Awareness to see if they catch on to what you're doing before yeah. you get to a point. However, I will ask you to subtract a die because Alex is absolutely not helping the situation at all. Yeah. Alex is in fact fighting you as best as his rarely used muscles will let him. Alright, I'm gonna hope four successes is alright. Four successes, that is a tie. Ooh. You spot a patch where where he really you start him walking and realize, hey, you're almost through the park. And in fact that to the south there's a pretty good street. There's a busy street. If you get him out there, there he should be safe from shenanigans. There's a fence in the way, and you get him actually running, wailing. And screaming, oh god, my ankles! As you jump and have him climb the fence. And that's about the point that you hear from the tree line. <sighs> Go get the others. There's something going on. I'll stop the... I'll stop the... I'll stop the pigeon. Then there is a blur of motion. And a man in a torn and dirty gray coat is now holding Alex's kicking legs, keeping him from going over the fence. Over the fence. He's got a big, rough, patchy beard, unshaven. He's got uh, fangs showing as he hauls Alex back. Oh no, you don't. What? What? what I... Shut up! <sighs> Got one chance at living, boy. Where is Diego's runaway? Where's the shovel head? Where's the rogue? I have no idea what any of those words mean! <sighs> he starts punching Alex. Uh, any, like, decent sized you are branches very near? close to the you are very close to the road mm. yeah. what was that question uh, if there are any like decent sized tree branches 
It's yeah, attempting to find a makeshift start, a stake. <laughs> oh yeah, this point, at uh, this stage of life, Lincoln Park is a wooded area. You can easily find yourself a stake. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a grunge band from the nineties. <laughs> I'm glad someone finally said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and given your stealth earlier, and his pre, and his focus on the wailing, screaming Alex, you get a free shot. Yeah. Give me a dexterity or strength plus melee. Don't forget you can boost. Yeah. Yeah, let's boost Dex. What the heck of it? If you won't talk, boy, talk! Wham! Something on Alex's face breaks and blood sprays. Talk or yeah. I'll turn you over to Gutbuster and then you'll talk. What's left of you? And then the wood comes whistling out of the darkness with you on the other end. Jamming it for all you're worth. And what did you get? Reroll some of those. Just to make sure. Uh, brings it up to a four. And this is the point where I revealed that I have lowered the number you needed to get on him by one, yeah. due to the fact he's dealing with the screaming, wailing, flailing Alex. <laughs> Fuck! Goes the stake between his ribs, just missing his spine, just to the left. And straight through the heart. The figure falls to the ground, boneless. Alex falls to the ground. However, you are right next to a busy street. And there are headlights of cars flickering past the bars. What are you doing? Uh... It's somewhat in a panic now, it's just like... Right, uh, sorry about that, but... I didn't think... You can I didn't plan for that to happen, but okay. And then I'll just uh, like look around for like a bush that'd be big enough to hide the guy in. Well, yeah, there's bushes back a ways, but you've also... You're also seeing a few people hurrying over. Hmm. Due to the screaming and wailing and sounds of beating that seem to have been detected. So I'll ask you for a quick mm -hmm. athletics plus strength to haul that sucker as fast as you can. Uh, strength. Well, I'm going to boost strength if I want any hope of this. Oh, that is a success, thankfully, so I don't get hungry. You're only at what, hunger three? So uh, three now, yeah. Alright. Okay. Let's see how we doing. Damn, five successes. Not only do you haul them clear. Yeah. Well, uh, just as Pete, just as, uh, 
several would-be saviors rush up on the other side of the fence shouting and asking questions and a Alex stands, I'm alright, there was a mugger, he went that way, he says pointing. I didn't see him, it was dark. Can somebody get me to a hospital, please? You whisk him away, back into the darkness of the park. And you hide him well under a pavilion. It strikes you that there's two parts to this pavilion. One part that'll be shouldered to the sun, and one part that isn't. What are you feeling like there, Ted? Well, this sounds rather from there's some of the guys with him, so I think he's going to leave him in the non the sun part. In the sun part? Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's still a chance his friends might find him, but if they don't, oh well. <laughs> Fair enough. And then you scamper off into the darkness. Maybe Helena will catch up. Maybe she won't. But you've got a rendezvous to make and a train station to go to. Mm. One more question and then we'll move on from you. Do you want to try to hunt on the way or do you want to try and go straight there? Uh, I think at this point he's just going to try and go straight there. All right panicking and frazzled after everything that's happened just like, oh, I'm just going to get back to everyone <laughs> Meanwhile across the lake the woman hasn't stopped staring at you Helena uh, After a moment Helena raises her head from her hands and she says you you said you'd think you thought it would take about a month. You're a strong world. I expect a month. I, uh, I have an inkling it might take a little longer. It might. You are curious. I... I read the answer in your eyes. If you return and you still have some innocence about you. If you can't return to me later, then perhaps you can join Raven. Or perhaps I will kill you. Travel well. She says and walks back, to, back down to sit beside Raven, staring into the fire herself. 
and Helena just sits there motionless for quite a while. And now we're going to cut across to a train station at the edge of at the edge of Hyde Park. It really is a looming thing. There at the end of 59th Street. Tommy suddenly has a very ominous feeling and he can't quite explain where it came from. Probably this freaking building. 57th Street, my bad. You've you've had some time to case the joint. There are men guarding all the entrances. They are quite obviously packing heat. The area has been cleared out for the space of a couple blocks around. There don't seem to be any animals bigger than a squirrel within sight. <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose in a Lucius here it's gonna stand out like a Christmas tree. I mean, he is pretty big. That's what I was saying when I was talking with the whole group. Like, we're gonna stand out like a sore thumb, but we can still make this work. Yeah, uh, well, he's, he's, despite how big he is, I've seen he's pretty fast, uh, let me think, let me think. Go on, Demiurge. <laughs> it's about 11 at night. And from one of the upper stories, most of the train station is dark. The lower floors are lit. But uh, where that tower is, the uh, upper story with a round window seems to be lit by flickering firelight. Cast an orange and baleful eye out across, visible from the middle of Hyde Park. Hmm. Well, Tommy's like slightly regretting forcing Sam to come along now because. It does occur to him that Sam can't make himself go invisible. That is correct. He does stick out. And so Tommy's first impulse is that he's just going to sneak in invisible, but he does want Sam for backup just in case, especially knowing that we have to look for these crates. And so he turns to Sam and he says, Okay, okay, uh, I... All right, you can't turn invisible. I can, but I got you and I got the Wonder Dog to worry about. So, uh, hmm. You can pull a... You can pull, like, a hat or something over your face. You've done that before. And, uh... Well, I mean, this place, you know, it looks like, uh... Looks like... Something out of one of the pictures, you know, it's got the gargoyles and all the creepy heebie-jeebies, but 
it's still a train station, right? So, as much as this Drummond guy's got his ghouls running security, there are still people who's meant to be here, you know, people who's got business, legitimate business here, it's still sort of a public place. So, I'm thinking, uh, well, I do my best to, uh, pretend that, you know, the big man sent us to, uh, sent us to handle some proper business, just talk our way in, and you and Lucius can just, you know, be my, uh, my bodyguard, and my, and my, and my dog, you know? Then once we're inside, and, and we're out of the, you know, we, we, we're not got so many guys walking around patrolling, then we can split up, do our thing, look for any little places we can make our disruptions, so on so forth. What do you think? I mean, it's not completely insane. I mean, I think that's be, probably the best we're gonna get. I think it's the only way I'm gonna get you in, cause I, uh, look, uh, no offense, but, uh, if it were just you on your own, maybe, but, you know, you got that big fluff ball there, and he's going to be bounding behind you, he's going to be barking his head off. He doesn't have to, he can stay here. Eh, but, you know, he's a big dog, we might need... Hmm, I suppose I could... What do you think, Lucius? He turns to the dog, he says, You want to you wanna come help us out, or are you here to watch over the car and be a good boy? Uh, Lucius is stuffing his face in a bin, <laughs> looking for something to eat. Lucius yeah, is a bit I, confused uh, by the mouth noises that Tommy's making, and Lucius doesn't speak Tommy. Yeah. I mean, if you I, want, I could uh, do some reconnaissance, but... I suppose, you know, there ain't many animals around here, but, you know, he could be a stray dog. Maybe... Maybe send him out, just have him, you know, run around, see if he spots any... anything that we should know about, and then we just leave him here and we head in, okay? The sound gives a piercing whistle to Lucius, who immediately drops whatever it was he had in the bin that he was chewing on. And, uh, sits at attention. Sits at attention, ready. And then bolts right. up towards the train station. So you're doing a recon with Lucius. Awesome. Go ahead and roll me your wits plus animalism. Sure, no worries. Go use that to see how well Lucius does. Uh, I will give you one free success because he is a Bond Fabulous. I mean, there's so, not that many animals around here, but I mean, you know, there are stray dogs in the streets. <laughs> he shouldn't be that suspicious. That's five. Five success. Okay, is that with the Bond Famulus one, or before? Yes, that's after? with the Bond. Alright. Lucius determines a number of things. The train tracks are still open, and trains are coming and going. And there are people loading and unloading them. The people are being watched by guards with guns, though. And every train car is checked. After it is unloaded. 
and the guards are between the doors into the station and the uh, rail yard that's under part of it. But they, the doors are open. And... Lucius notices that the men in the small building next to the tower uh, how do I mark something? You can just go. drag a yeah, you just drag a, a pin. Or you can you draw a little marker tool. Yeah, you can just oh, draw on it. Down on the right. The men in this building, right next to the station, are acting suspicious. Hmm. They are not dressed in the uniforms of guards, and they are very worried. And one of them is quietly out back, dumping something that smells very much like alcohol down a sewer grate. Hmm. Lucius also noticed there's a colony of very angry bats on the back part of the roof over here. They keep flying up towards the tower and then flying away. And of course, the main entrances have guards on them that look at him askance. Lucius also scares up a couple of alley cats that want nothing to do with them in the back parts of the streets between the uh, terminal and the rest of the buildings. So it's not completely animalless. It's just that animals seem to be giving the terminal itself a wide berth at the minute. Okay, he is... Uh... Lucius returns at about 10 to midnight, and, and you get all this from him. Alright, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking, Sam. I'm thinking, so where the bats are, they're flying around on top of that building. That's probably where we need to go. But the bats will see us, so we gotta find the long way around. Now, Lucius, look, I should know better than to ask whether to trust the dog's nose, but you were sure that was that was booze being dumped down the, down the drain? I assume Sam is quite sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no I'm, doubt about it. So I'm thinking, uh, those guys, uh, those guys are probably, uh, making sure that they ain't got no contraband or nothing so they can get into the station. Maybe we just, uh, we just attach ourselves to those guys, play along, get ourselves inside, and then we find where those bats are guarding inside where they can't see us. Still gonna boil down to me talking out, talking both of us in and you uh, playing the part. Tommy takes off his hat and he hands it to Sam and he says, eh, just pull this... Uh, Pull this over your face and maybe pull your collar up a little bit and just just look like a mean son of a bitch, you know. You can, I'll just say you're my bodyguard. You know, I'm a big wig. I'm here. I got some import, I'm in the import-export business. I got some stuff that I want to send out, okay? I mean, if you think it'll work, then I'll, uh, yeah, let's give it a go then. All right, Tommy. Yep. I would like you to give me a charisma plus intimidation. 
Intimidation. Charisma plus intimidation. You can throw in your presence if you like. Mm, I don't have daunt. I do have awe. But, um... Ah. Uh, yeah, so... Sorry, it won't work for this, then. Wouldn't work. This is a daunt but kind of thing. If I'm going to be intimidating a specific person, I would... It, Tommy would, if he had the opportunity to. If he was... If he has to talk to one specific person and try to intimidate them, he would use his eyes of the serpent. Alright. Well, Tommy? You head over there with Sam, duck into the small eatery just to the side of the station. Little cafe with a couple of living apartments. You get in there. Go ahead and roll. Yeah. Right, Charisma, Charisma plus intimidation. intimidation. And I'll add my... Doesn't feel fair to add all my presents for Eyes of the Serpent. Uh, unless. Oh, I'm no, don't. Don't. Yep. Not for this. Plus intimidation. Still seven dice. Um, seven dice. It's not likely to be a factor, and I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah. Um, and Tommy's at hunger one, so he's going to rouse the blood anyway, just to boost his charisma, just in case. He gets hungry. Are, are you taking the dog or leaving him, by the way? Oh, Lucius can stay outside. That's fine. All right, he'll be good. Yeah, I think I think after he's done his recon, Tommy would just mention to Sam that we should maybe leave him in the car. So Lucius stays out of sight. Well, how many successes, Tommy? Yeah, so Tommy rouses the blood. He goes up to hunger two, and he just he causes like his features to just sort of elongate in the shadows, make the the curl of his smile looks slightly more sinister. Let the shadows under his collar slightly rise to obscure his face. Make his eyes seem to give off this unnatural sheen in the dim light. And he gets ooh, critical ten successes. Ten. Okay, Tommy, I'm going to fast forward through a few things here. Because these are not in fact guards. What Tommy comes to find out in the next five minutes is that you have stumbled upon a rum-running operation that used a secret tunnel between here and the, one of the storage rooms in the basement of the station to smuggle their goods. Ooh. And that when they the, the all the added security rolled in last night, they thought they were made and have been quietly dumping the stuff whenever the guard shifts move out of the sight of their dump spot. It is an easy, easy task with 10 successes to get them to uh, show you the secret passage, let yeah. them into the station. They don't know who the hell you are. Once they figure out you're not a G-man, it's like, okay, fine, fine, but we're gone out regardless. They, we're shutting down. We weren't here. And they, they show you through, and they scurry away. Just before they scurry away. 10 successes. Yeah, ten successes. Just before that, I, I assume, yeah, Tommy just barked orders, like, what are you doing here? Show me. And they led him straight to the tunnel. He just sort of... Pretty much. He just sort of looks at Sam and he says, See, see, you know, they catch a glimpse of your face there under that hat and then they know they don't want to mess with you. And then he turns to one of the... one of the rum runners as he's running away and just... calls out, Hey, hey, you! You! Stop! Uh, 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 me? Oh, uh, what do you want, sir? How can I help? 
Tommy adjusts his bow tie and he steps towards the man and he's going to activate his entrancement. The link. All right. He does not get hungrier. The man is. The man smiles at you. <sighs> Sorry for being rude. You about gave us a turn. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, look, I with get Uncle it. Sam. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, I know. The, the, the Uncle Sam's got a lot of noses sniffing around for guys like us. So you know what? That's why I thought, you know, see, I got some important business down there, and I'm also. Uh, how do I say it? You know, I'm a, a bit concerned that Uncle Sam might send, you know, well, the real Uncle Sam might send some goons my way. So, uh, I just wanted to uh, ask that since you've been so cooperative so far and, you know, we're in the same, we're in the same business, same line of business, you might, uh, you might remember that, uh, Tommy Hinton repays those who do him favors, and you might, uh, just, <coughs> excuse me, you might just, uh, instead of clearing off, just tell Tommy. your boys to keep an eye out and, uh, make sure no one comes after me, okay? Hinton? Wait, Tommy Hinton and Dayton? Yeah. You heard I of thought me? George Remus was taking over that spot. Yeah, don't worry about George Remus. All right. Hey, I'm in. I'm in Chicago. I ain't in Dayton, right? So who cares right, what's right. going on in Dayton? Just uh, okay. you, tell, you tell your boys. Tommy Hinton pays well, and uh, if you uh, stick around for the rest of tonight, make sure nobody comes after me. And uh, well, I was gonna go. Uh, you run the hell out of the place and go tell tell. Uh, my, loot, loot, my lieutenant that uh, we was made, but sure, I'll stay and keep the lights on. You keep the lights on, you stand, uh, stand around and make sure nobody gets close to the tunnel, and if you see anyone suspicious, you just uh, send one of your boys down the tunnel after me. Hopefully you'll right. get me in time, okay? Okay. Will do, sir. Tommy smiles and nods and he turns to Sam and he says, eh, See ya! Piece of pie. And then you make your way. Walk in the cage. The passenger section of it has been shut down entirely. Wide pavilions, empty halls. There's an occasional guard patrolling, but between the two of you, it's nothing you can't dodge. Stick to the shadows. Hold breath you don't need. Security seems a lot lighter in here. And you soon see. Well, was it your plan to ascend to the tower that the bats were trying to get to? That was Tommy's plan, but he's also aware that Sam is here, and, and Sam Sam's idea to just, you know, switch a couple of the tracks, misplace some manifests, you know, that would be a good way to sow additional confusion and, you know, send a message that this was indeed deliberate and not just a coincidental misplacing of a couple crates. Alright, would you like to try to snarl the signals while you're here? What's your call, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. Alright, 
Tommy nods, he looks case. at Sam, and he says, uh, you know, ain't so many guys in here. I think you'll be okay if I had to go ahead to the tower. You know, those bats and everything, if, if I can go invisible, that'd probably be what'll get me past. But you, uh, you know, just sneak around, see if you can flip some switches, sneak into an office or something, misplace some documents, you know, uh, cause a little bit of trouble, and uh, then it's up to you. If you want to come after me, you can, but if you want to get away to safety back in the tunnel, then, well, that would definitely be a lot off my mind. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. See what happens. Okay. I'll go ahead. Uh, good luck. Uh, let's not take too long. And hope, uh, hope we don't run into anybody who's able to figure out what we're doing, huh? I mean, that would be ideal. We'll see. Tommy's unusually nervous. It's not because he thinks that anything's going to go wrong. It's that he's worrying about Raven and Helena and Ted, mostly. So he just takes one last look at Sam and before he rouses his blood to activate his unseen passage he just says again uh just uh just be careful yeah uh you see trouble uh don't go looking for it just get out of there and and then let me let me handle it on my way back through yeah you got it all right you be careful now you seem kind of rattled but you know uh, i just uh you know bad feeling and all Tommy gets a success. He does not get hungrier. And so he just steps into the shadows of one of the nearby train cars and fades away. And we'll get back to you in a bit as you go. Sam, you are alone. Would you indeed like to go and try to swap some signals? Switch some schedules? Make a right hash of things? Yes, indeed. If there's um, some kind of like control center or something that has like relayed track changing switches, he'd head there, but I'm not sure how this specific station would work. Sam is He's going to look around and see what he can do. Okay. I will say you can give me an investigation plus either wits or resolve. Excellent. It's five to midnight, almost to the witching hour. What can you find? Um, hopefully something with a three. With a three, you do find something. And you find it in part by opening a door and hearing a hell of a lot of shouting. Oh, all right. What the hell did you think you were doing? You thought you could come in here and try this shit? You thought you could try to bribe my men? My men are loyal. I pay them well. They know trades not as good as me, but they know when you're trying to fuck them up. Yeah, you hold your tongue. That's fine. 
I'll have Tracy bring down the fire and we see how much you hold your tongue when she's brand you burning bits of you off. Or maybe I could, ooh, I could tie you to train tracks. I've never actually done that. Jarvis, make a note. Tie somebody to train tracks. Preferably her if she doesn't. Now, the shouting seems to be coming from an upper story in the main part of the terminal. But the problem you're having is that it looks to be the only accessible way you can see up there is a guarded stairwell. There's a man on either side of a double stairwell. Each of them is holding a shotgun. Yeah, and that's not where Sam's going to go, then. <laughs> hmm. Uh, men with shotguns? No deal. <laughs> what else does he see? Alright. With a three, you do see what looks to be the main office of the rail yard. Probably something useful in there. Yeah, Sam will go investigate yeah, the main office. Okay. It's an office. There's a single dispatcher working in there. There's an honest-to-god telegraph off to one side that they're tapping into every now and then as they're shuffling papers around. There's schedules pinned up on the walls. This is the nerve center of the station. And just about it, as you're about to hit in and get to some good gremlining, the bellowing reaches ears again. Yeah, you'll talk sooner or later. Coming in here, throwing money around like you was somebody. Thought your name, your name might mean something down in that shithole Dayton, but it don't mean nothing here, Miss Hedges. Uh, Sam buries his his hand and his head, his head in his hand, it, like massages his his brow. Of course, it's Lib. Of course, <laughs> they're there. Of course, this is what he has to do. <laughs> of course, Tommy wandered off somewhere else. <laughs> Fine. I got business to get to and schedules to review. Guards, take her away. Throw her in the meat locker. Uh, Sam will um, press himself up against a wall to try and get a good view of where the guards go. And you... Go ask Tracy how long this ritual's gonna take. From midnight to when? I forget. So, Sam, you press yourself up against the wall and try to be stealthy as the door above opens. And two figures haul another one along. Stealth plus wits or dexterity. Uh, that's three successes. Against their two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two guards. Both holding sharpened dowel rods. Each, each holding the arm of a uh, elderly woman with a bag over her head, dragging her between them. That certainly looks like Leb... One of Lib's dresses and Lib's general frame. 
And they look to be taking her down into the station proper, down where the rail workers are unloading things. But you're able to follow, managing to slip past the guard on at the door. And they stop before a uh, set of sliding metal doors that even in the summer heat have frost upon them. One of them rolls them open. Another one, another one lets go over, picks up a lantern, shines it in the darkness. All right. Hook in the back's empty. Let's get her up on it. God, they're actually hanging her up in a bait locker. Did Sam notice them using key or anything to open this or is it just like an industrial meat locker with a latch and that's it it looks like it's just got a latch yeah so it's gonna... hang her up in there? yeah absolutely all right you see them get inside one of them the one who's holding her his arm flashes and you're the chunk of wood sinking into flesh and then you hear the jingling of chains as they pass out of sight. Then they come back out. Shut the door behind him. One of them walks over to one of the guards watching the rail tracks. Says, keep an eye on the meat locker. Boss's orders. The man nods. Puts a shotgun up on his shoulder. Walks over to stand in front of the door. And the other two head back into the main part of the terminal. Sam, from around the corner, is going to... He's going to reach out and see if he can find any little furry friends, little tiny ones, that might be able to go get a message to Lucius. Alright. Go ahead and roll me a uh, rouse check. Yeah, what do you want Lucius to do? Do you want him to come to you? Do you want him to sneak to you? Do you want him to cause a distraction? Yeah, I want him to go and um, have some fun with the guards. Alright. Not kill them, but cause them some cause them some trouble. Do you alright. Do you get hungrier? No, he doesn't. It's three to midnight. Oh god, that there's a ritual that's about to happen in three minutes. Sam, I would like you to roll me five dice for Lucius. As I will roll for the guards who have their orders. Critical six. That's a very good thing. Lucius is a good boy. Lucius is a good boy. Lucius rushes in, knocks a guard off his feet, growls, bites another, and goes running off into the darkness, managing to avoid the hail of gunfire that follows him. He really is the wonder dog. Oh, we're getting to Ted, don't worry. For a split second, you've got a distraction, and does Mr. Crowbar come into play, Sam? 
Ah, he does. Uh, as best prowess. And the guard at the door goes down like a sack of potatoes as you open the meat lacquer, slide in. What's your strength? Uh, strength is two. Would you like to boost? Um, what would the roll be? Strength and athletics. But uh, if you do, but if you can have at least four dice between them, I won't make you roll. Yeah, that's a five. That's five dice. All right, Lib is old, but you are. Your blood lends you strength. You are Nosferatu after. As you all are down from the meat hook and get out of there in the chaos. After all, Lib is your objective here. The rest of this? Eh. Ted! Barking. Yeah. Chaos. This is the scene that you burst on, burst into. Gunfire. And you know without a doubt your coterie's been rumpled. But you, and your eyes are drawn to the tower up. That's the key image, the image the native woman sent you. That's where it's coming. That's where you need to, well, bury this bone. And so I'll ask you to make me, well, here's a question. Do you like to go up via the outside or would you like to try and stealth into the inside? Or would you like to try something else entirely? Uh, I suppose this first thought, first thought was going to be to look for some stairs or something, so I should, I'm guessing going, going and try and stealth in from the inside. Alright. You've got a bit of a distraction thanks to Lucius, so <laughs> go and roll your wits plus stealth. Or dexterity plus stealth. Yeah, go. Uh, there's three successes. Three successes is what you needed. As you slide in and start making your way up to the tower, it is one minute till midnight. Tommy, it took you a while to get up here. Guarded doors. Guards that you had to lure away or subdue. Not a problem with you striking from stealth. Enough blood to replenish your obfuscate when you busted through it now and again. Something happening up here. Time is of the essence. You can feel it. That bad feeling intensifies. Mm-hmm. And and so you're only half surprised when you merge into the wide room under the peaked roof of the tallest point of the station. To see lines and lines, almost spiderweb like lines of salt poured onto the ground, salt and chalk tracing tracing in patterns that you've seen before, patterns that you saw on the train, hundreds and hundreds of candles. And in the back of the room, standing next to two gargoyles that were inexplicably put inside the station for some reason is a young woman wearing purple robes purple robes with gold symbols traced upon them as she 
draws runes of fire in the air with a smoking finger, her eyes focused upon a naked man in the middle of the room. So Tommy's Tommy, still I would like you before that. you do anything, because you are obfuscated. Mm. But sometimes people have sensed the unseen. Okay, yes, and if she's so a So I would like you mm. to roll. Let me look this up. Make sure I'm being fair here. I would like you to roll your wits plus obfuscate. She will roll all plus aspects. This could be bad. Uh, At this stage, she's still a neonate. She ha you have a chance. I'm going to willpower and Probably get four successes. All right. You have a chance. I just have to see. In the years to come, Tracy, Eric, though, who was called Tracy Graves, will catch some flack for not seeing through your disguise. We're not piercing the veil, but in fairness, she's a little distracted. So, if she and so in this empty see. room yep. full of arcane symbols and the and the body and the woman who seems to have no cognizance that you're there, what do you want to do? Well, first, I want to see if Tommy has even the vaguest idea of what this ritual could mean. He doesn't know that Lib is downstairs. And so he, as far as he knows, this is something that could be directly connected to what's going on in Dayton. So he just spends a few moments just contemplating the patterns, watching her lay more salt down, looks at the body, and tries to see if he could figure out what this is. Does Tommy have any dots in linguistics? He does not, unfortunately. So. The closest right. he would have is a cult. Then roll me. Intelligence plus a cult. Let's see what happens. Right. So Tommy's going to boost his intelligence for this. He gets hungrier, goes up to hunger three. He's vaguely aware of his sire's voice saying something, postulating about Set in the back of his Tommy, mind. Tommy, this is the din of the Antichrist, Tommy. And perhaps the Anti-Set. He grits his teeth. He's going to willpower again and ends up with four successes. And as the clock strikes midnight... And the chalk starts to flare and the candles gutter. She is literally calling a demon. Yeah. Take that form. Okay. And the if... thing is. Yep. If Tommy is aware of this, that that's what she's doing. 
his mind flashes back to the train, and to the demons. She is calling a very specific demon. So Tommy's going to slide his fingers through the holes of his brass knuckles. And he's just going to charge her from behind. And try to knock her out before she can complete the summoning. This will happen, just as Ted Bert manages to get his way up to through the stairs past the... You know you're on the right track when you passed a couple of unconscious guards toward the end of things. And Ted, you emerge into the chamber, just as the woman rocks forward. Tommy, go ahead and give me that brawl plus uh, strength. Now, yeah, I'm not going to boost for this. Why are you rolling that? Sam. Is it Sam's intention to come back into the building after he's gotten Lib to safety? Yeah, he's going to leave um, Lucius uh, with Lib, uh, unstake her, have a quick chat with her, and head back inside. All right. I'll tell you what the ch- what she can tell you. I'll let you know what she tells you after you uh, after this session's done, because we're coming up on the end here. So that will be. Uh... Four successes from Tommy on Strength Brawl. You lay into her. You slam your fist in the back of her head and her skull cracks a little. That would have probably put a normal human out. But she merely stumbles forward, cut off in mid-chant. Ah! Hits the ground and rolls. And that's when stone arms flash out from the gargoyle you put yourself next to. The player knew what the gargoyles were, but Tommy didn't. So Tommy's well, Tommy charged ahead. Only one of them. Tommy, what's your strength? Uh, it's three. You're lucky it rolled low. It You barely manage to throw it off as it tries to grab you and stands off its plinth. A full head taller than you, horn, horns bristling as its eyes flare red. And, uh, Ted, while this is going on, you see the body in the center of the pattern twitch. And the lights of the candles surrounding it flare blue. As the first blue veins start to fill its skin. Uh... What do you want to do? The woman in robes is picking herself up. She's turning to Tommy, and it looks like mm. her hands are flaring with actual freaking fire. Yes, of <laughs> flames, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. Uh, Not as good as she 
you would have it. it in the but 1990s. He still has it. it. That's that's worrying. The statue next to Tommy seems to be moving, red-eyed, and uh, looking like it wants to turn him into hamburger. And the corpse is a stirring. Right. That went from talking to the native woman. Did it seem like would the dagger only work once it had possessed them, or is it just like did it seem just sort of like I just have to stab like the host for it to work? You know, she didn't really give you an instruction manual. Do you have any dots in the cult? Yeah. Uh, I don't believe so. No. It. Nah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess this one's just gonna. Here. Yeah, he's just gonna. It's like, alright, I hope this works, and go for the body and try and plunge the dagger in. Alright, I would like you to roll me a dexterity plus athletics. So would Tommy uh, see Ted moving to the body? You catch it in a split flash, yes. What do you want to do, Tommy? Tommy, he's aware the gargoyle's there, but he's already fought it off once. He sees the woman in front of him. Flame stirring in her fingertips, and he's just going to try to lock eyes with her and freeze her with eyes of the serpent to make sure that Ted can get to the body. Ballsy. All right, we'll see how this goes. What is it to resist that? That is a presence. uh, That is a wits plus composure from her and a charisma plus presence from Tommy. Just so you know, you will be taking your eyes off the good oil for this. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, that is uh, boosted dex, didn't get hungrier, and then it was three successes. So, Ted, you charge into the pattern, and just as you're about to put your foot down, there's a sudden searing sensation, and you manage to pull back just in time as the rune, runic circle that you were about to step through flares up then fades the second you draw your foot back. That would have done very bad things to you if you had stepped into it, you're pretty sure. It felt like you were on fire. Now, how bad? You don't know exactly. You could hurl yourself through it regardless, but if you pass through this circle, you're going to get hurt. Hmm. You're certain. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the circle made of again? Is it like etched in or drawn on sort of thing, or is it... You step back to take a look around, and at 12.01, that's when Helena fades into existence. It took you a little while to get here, Helena. Huh? Now, you're a master of obfuscation. It was easy for you to get up here. I would like to note that when Helena left, she said, wait for me. And you did a bit. I just want to point out that... Oh, I'm into uh, <laughs> to our very old lady. Ah. Ah. Okay. I just Go want on. to point that out that Eric Tho has humanity 10, so I'm sure I'm not doing the right thing by disrupting this, but... We'll do it anyway. Eh. Hi. Okay, Helena. Welcome back. <laughs> Patterns and patterns on the ground, and you know what these are because you dismantled them back in the train. You were able to stop it. 
Would you like... These are different, but similar enough that you could maybe try to disrupt them again. Would you like to? Try. Absolutely. Excellent. Oh, incorporate my discipline mm. bonus because of my blood potency. Okay, there we go, go ahead and roll me an... Go and roll me a wits or intelligence plus a cult. And Tommy, how many successes did you get on the uh, well, Eyes of the Serpent? So, I... I rolled with a dice pool of nine because uh -huh. I forgot to include my uh, my blood potency bonus, and so I up to my pool to nine, and I got six successes out of that. Uh, I got three. I regret to inform you mm -hmm. that Aerith Tho got seven. She rolled a lucky crit. <laughs> yeah. You had good odds, but Tremere be tricky. Tommy just hisses. So, Tommy. No like... false gods, only set. You get through about half of that before the gargoyle punches you. Take uh, only a point of... Take only a single point of... Uh... Oh, what's the word? Superficial. Superficial? Yeah. After after your undead frame has it, still it bounces you off the floor, and then I will go ahead and give you a dodge roll since your eyes are on Eric. Though she's throwing fire at you, so you might want to roll your dodge plus athletics like now. Yeah, yeah, X plus athletics. <laughs> this is not going to be good for Tommy. Uh, she's not as good as she would be in, with it in the nineties, but she's still. I'm gonna need to rouse the blood on this one to boost. Tommy goes up to hunger four. He doesn't want to, he can't help it, otherwise he's going to be working with two dice. Now he's working with four dice. And that is a messy crit, of course, of four. Alright. So, a messy crit. You scramble oh God, aside. You barely managed to dodge the flame. You know if that had hit you, you'd probably be frenzing right now. And it occurs to you, she has power. She's already dabbling in the occult and wickedness. Oh, there's got to be something she wants. There's got to be some way you could tempt her. And you're going to be at negative two dice on anything that doesn't involve tempting her to do something horrible. Tommy just stares right back at her. He's not going to try to eyes of the serpent again. <laughs> All right. Helena, three successes. You're working well, and now I'll roll a quick occult to see how well she did up this particular ward. This is the most complicated thing you have ever done. You've gotten about halfway through dismantling the ward, but there's still ways to go. You need a little more time to work. It is 12... 12.02 and the second line of candles flares blue as more lines are written into the thing in the center that's no longer human, but not yet demon. And As he opens the book. <laughs> Alright. So, choose your actions. The gargoyle, of course, is obvious in what it's going to try to do. Hmm. 
Woman is being subtle. Does she even notice what's going on over there? No, she only has eyes for Tommy. And, uh, Helena, you can go ahead and roll me another into a cult roll. And uh, how, how far would you say the... Again. And Ted, are you holding to basically try and shank the corp, shank the uh, host, or are you get, doing something else while this is going on? Uh, well, that's what I was about to ask. How far is the animated gargoyle from the like the ritual circle? Um, you came in at one end of the far. circle. The lady doing the ritual was on the other end. The gargoyle is hmm. back. It's about from the out from the part of the circle that hurts like hell. Figure about hmm. twenty feet. Okay. Oh! Oh! Because, yeah, oh. I was having a potentially Ooh, yeah. crazy idea. <laughs> you could do that. Hmm. You try to do that. It doesn't know you're there. Hmm. And there's candles and everything, so I'm assuming it has a shadow. <laughs> Lots of shadow, and they're kind of busy with Tommy. Hmm. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's go for it. You know, yeah, while right. Helen is still trying to break the realizing it hasn't broken yet, it's like, uh, just in a panic, I'm going to try and, yeah, pop at the gargoyle just into and just trying to basically attack the guy in the center. All right. What does it roll to resist your shadow play? Uh, what is it? Resolve composure. Oh. Well. Okay. That is a remarkably small dice pool. That's what uh, I was hoping. <laughs> oh, has a success, so it doesn't get hungrier. Tommy, what are you doing while this is going on? Tommy suddenly takes a second, he inhales, and he activates his awe, and covered in blood and gunk, Ooh. he somehow looks slightly more presentable and he just locks eyes with the woman his teeth his teeth are bared through his thinned lips and he says you you pursue your own indulgences instead of using that power to serve the greater good don't you see there's more you, you cavort with demons, you, you do the bidding of a trained man, of a, of a prince in name only, when there is a true god who will reward you for using your power to enlighten others. Romy. Manipulation plus performance or persuasion. Hmm. The all won't factor in here, I'm afraid. We'll go with. Do have that dot of. Tommy is kind of. I, I'm not going to go with persuasion. I'm going to go with performance, even though it's lower, because that's kind of what Elena Tommy's can doing. hear. Tommy. 
Okay, uh, she won't say anything right now, but she's very much thinking, uh, like, not, not only is Set not a true god, which she didn't ever mm-hmm. believe, she's also thinking, you know, every one of Cain's children are wrong. Yeah, everyone. Mm-hmm. And how many successes I'm... did Helena get on that uh, ritual? She got three. Alright. So I'm still boosted from before, and I got four successes, and they're all undice successes. So I can't re-roll, I can't that. We'll get to what happens there in a second. Ted, how many successes did you get on the Shadow Play? Shadow Puppet. Uh, uh, that is a messy eight. Oh boy. Yeah. And both of those criticals are on Hunger Dice, so I cannot reroll them. <laughs> well then. <laughs> so here's what happens. Ted, I'm going to say that the beast dr- draws an additional blood from you as you go up another hunger level. Ooh. Seems like an appropriate thing here because this is freaking awesome. <laughs> and I'm not going to take it from you. <laughs> Helena, you work feverishly on the symbols and they're starting to fade, but not completely. As Ted sweeps with one hand the shadows in the room coalesce and the gargoyle is suddenly propelled into the center of the circle right over what what your what your characters don't know is about a triple strength ward against kindred the gargoyle screams and bursts into flames as it falls upon the corpse tearing because gargoyles are indeed kindred but it's falling to bits as you watch. The corpse writhes and thrashes. It's hurt, but as you watch, the third runic circle, the third circle of candles flares to light. And the corpse starts to mend as Helena takes the last bit of chalk dust and scatters it in a specific way. And the wards go down. Ted, there's nothing between you and the now sitting up corpse that's brushing the gargoyle aside as more and more arms start bursting out from it. Some of them leaping out of the wounds that haven't yet have yet to seal on it. And ta- And Tommy. You see something cross her face. You didn't mean to. But for a second, you see guilt. You see her eyes flick to the demon. You see her... You know that she knows what she is doing is wrong. And though you didn't mean to, you scratched a number of long-standing issues that she's had with this particular act. (laughs) And so instead of... With her eyes locked on you, instead of telling you to leap out the window... (laughs) Like she was going to... 
with this. And you see her turn and run, pulling aside a curtain on the wall and vanishing through a door that had been hidden. Slamming it behind her with a thunk. Set will not be denied his due! Tommy shouts, watching her go, but he doesn't chase after her. You again. Says a voice sounding like the wind between the worlds. As the thing that had been a corpse stands in the mm -hmm. center of the pattern, wounded, but staring. No wolf this time. The ritual is completed. It's awake, wounded, but awake. What now? We beat you up last time and we can do it again. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as the wards looks like yeah, Helen has broken the wards, Ted's just gonna rush to it and try and dagger into the heart. Alright, Helena. <laughs> what are you doing? Observing for now. Tommy? Tommy Grass sees knuckles. Yeah, Tommy sees Ted with the dagger in his hand and he's just gonna grasp his brass knuckles and charge in as well. Try to subdue this thing so that the dagger can be put right where it belongs. Alright. It is fresh from hell. Ooh. And a little low on faith. But I will try that. So I would like the both of you Roll me a wits plus resolve as you rush into the circle, Ooh. into the lines and diagrams. Oof. And suddenly yeah. they start twisting around you. They, you the, they seem to be shaping the directions you're going that's fighting you, trying to shift the use the diagrams as entry points to different places entirely. So Tommy evidently still remembers... <laughs> The conversation that he had yeah, with this thing that. last time. He remembers that he very nearly pledged himself to this thing. That what is set but just a name for something beyond his comprehension. And he was ready. Ready to devote himself to this demon. And he didn't end up doing it. But evidently that choice still weighs on his mind because that is a total failure of zero successes. Tommy, Jesus. you run, you leap over a gap in the pattern and abruptly there's a swirl and you're coming out of a door downstairs in the station, staring at Sam, who's standing over a guard with a crowbar shaped dent in his skull. Behind you, the door slams shut. Oh, hey, pal. Tommy what just shakes his head. Uh, so, Ted, al Ted also almost got a total failure, but I re-rolled into one success. <laughs> one success is sufficient. He didn't roll that great. Jesus. It's a draw, however. You start oh. trying to make your way through the patterns, and it shifts. 
and at one point you're about to step between them and you realize you're about to step into a room down in the station. You pull back, you try to get, take another route around, and it's an alley in Chicago, and you pull back. It's turned the pattern itself around itself into a living maze. It considers the two of you and says, Well, it's morning somewhere in the world. As it gestures to the window and turns its hand, it's like it's turning a dial. As the scenery starts shifting outside the window, getting lighter and lighter and lighter. What are you two doing? I've done this again. Uh, does it seem like... Can I still attempt to, like, get to him to try and stay dagger him, or...? You can try to push through the maze, sure. Is that what you're doing? Hmm. Alright. Yeah, it's just gonna Hel try and, yeah, brute force his way through. Helena. <laughs> what do you want to do? Helena is... Look, Helena is down almost all of her willpower. It's been a long night for Helen. Helen has a fucking oh, yeah. has had a fucking <laughs> tough time. Would Helen like to get the hell out of there? I... Or it strikes your mind that those symbols on the ground he's using are still just symbols. You could try to scatter a few more of them. Yeah. I think that's the best thing that she would go for at the moment. All right. She's having a hard time thinking right now. She's quite preoccupied. It's been a long night. Go ahead and roll me an intelligence plus a gold, Helena. That's three. That's enough. Ted, no need for you to roll as you plunge through the intervening oh. space. And now is the time when I'll need you to roll me a brawl or melee plus strength or dexterity. Cool. And this is still is this still the same scene as when I was sneaking up? Yeah, or totally. Nice, because I mean, I'll say yes. still boosted. Right. He is wounded. He has many arms, and he is mm. in a form where he can use them. Not very well, though. This could be bad. Bad. For him. Oh, I can't roll any better than that, so yeah, uh, five successes. The arms come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They start grasping at you, holding you back with infernal strength. But you slam the bone under one of the armpits. There's a grunt. Ugh! Several of the arms turn to dust instantly and <laughs> are gone. And a corpse falls to the floor again. As the bone flares with blue light. The symbols on it turned red, turned dried brown blood to blue, and vibrates angrily. You have the feeling 
You better not Ooh. let that bone ever break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gloss over what happens next. Yeah. In the chaos, by the time the guards get their act together, you've slipped out to rejoin the others, heading out into the darkness. Too many guards, too many guns. You are beaten up and drained from your fights. There's more you could do here, but once once uh, Sam tells you you've got Lib in the car, it's like you realize, well, mission complete. And you had, and you uncovered the secret tunnel, and managed to convince the guards to stay there and keep it open for you. You're easily able to slip away into the Chicago night. Dayton, the city of a thousand factories. It's been a long three, four days away from it, but finally, finally, you're on your way back home. Although, as the train rattles and shakes, your moods are perhaps a little more grim than one would expect. You left two people behind in Chicago. And your mind flashes as you sit there in a circle in the compartment, staring at each other, pondering the way ahead. Your mind flashes to when you last saw them. The scene cuts over to Lincoln Park, the edge of the waters of Lake Superior. The police have come and gone, investigating a mugging. Alex Abernathy is probably still at the station giving a statement. And as you advance into the tree line, Helena leading the way, none of you are particularly su surprised to see a slight figure waiting for you. A native woman, considering you impassively from the rock she's sitting on, mopping a bit of blood from her lips. And so you have come. We're here. Ted looks over at a bandstand where he left a very unconscious staked vampire. Looks back to the blood on the woman's lips and shudders just a bit. He kind of shrinks back. Hey, uh, shadows. Friend of yours? Says Tommy, not quite sure who this woman is. Uh, yeah. Eventually. Well, I mean, I don't know uh, what help you were to us, but uh, if you're a friend of Ted's or Helena's, uh, then, well, I thank you for uh, looking out for us. I have done as Raven has barked. That is all. Oh, you, 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 you met Raven? Uh... Yeah, where, where's Raven? Uh, we should be uh, getting her back as well. I wouldn't want her, her to miss out on a... Uh... He looks around trying to spot her. 
She sleeps. She will be sleeping for some time. If you survive, you may see her again. No? Uh... Is she okay? Yes and no. She will be better when she wakes. Something dawns on Tommy, and he opens his mouth and seems as if he's about to ask something. If he had a little bit less self-control, if he was the Tommy from even a month ago, he would just blurt out, you're, you're like her, aren't you? But he doesn't. He just closes his mouth, bows his head, and he says, Well, uh, I hope, uh, I hope, uh, you're looking after her. I, I hope, I hope I'm leaving her in good hands, you know. You're leaving her nowhere. She made the choice. But the look on your face, Helena. I do not need my curse-given abilities to tell what's on your mind. You have come to bargain. Have you not? Yeah, that's... That's right. And you will be staying here for a time as well, yes? I, I think that's how this has to go down. Then ask your questions. Or, or ask your boon, and we shall see. And cut, and that's when you asked about the bone grinder. A casual word she dropped, one that leading back into the spiritual problems that Dayton was facing. Is there anything you else else you asked for while you were there? Helen is very one track mind at the moment. Do you guys have anything that might uh, be on your minds? Wait, 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 wait! Says Tommy, and he just turns to Helena and he says, "You're you're staying here." Ah. Uh. Look, I, I had hoped to tell you uh, another way, but um, there's something I gotta do. But I'd have to, I, not not right now. I've, I, there are things that have to be done first, but yeah, you might not see me for a while. Tommy understands obligation. It's probably the one thing that he actually understands, and so... He just says, you gotta do what you gotta do, but, uh, well, you look after yourself and you look after Raven, you hear? Yeah, uh, that's, if it helps, I think that's kind of what this is. 
Tommy just takes his hat off, clasps it to his torso, and he says, Well, uh, well, you have a good, long, happy life then. Uh, maybe we'll see each other again. Oh, no, I'll, I'll see you again. Then... So, uh, this, uh, this thing's going on in Dayton, I suppose, uh, I suppose that all this is just part of that. Or the other way around, you know. Perhaps. Perhaps not. Many who get older start seeing connections everywhere. The connections are not always there. Not everything has to have connections, though many things do. Sometimes things are made to look like connections to blind one to the connections that really are. But sometimes things just happen. Her eyes slide to Sam, who's been silent throughout this. But all of you wish to know about the bone grinder. This I can tell you about. I remember when it came down from the north, driving the ones I prayed upon before it, I followed them. It was a vast mountain of ice, mountains of ice. It has a name. They put it in the Museum of the Fields when they talked about it. Glacier, yes, that was the name. It rolled the land before it, pressed down upon the earth and made it flat. We sit in one of the next to one of the puddles it left behind. She kicks at the shore of the lake, the Great Lake. And Eventually it stopped. Eventually it reached a point where it moved no further. And as the world grew warm again, it melted. But something that had been for so long and caused so much death and dismay and change, that gives it a weight in the world of spirits. And something remained. It hates the heat. When the heat is strongest, the glacier remembers how it dies. And the thing that is left on, on its realm, the thing that thinks it is still a glacier, rages against it. used to happen all through the north, but ten years ago, something interfered with it, and it was drawn south. 
For what you were saying, it was drawn to your home. And the problem is, if what I'm thinking the problem is, is that, well, it was something that could act all through the north. It was still spread out all through the north. It was weak, diffused, and focused. It could perhaps spur some anger here and there, draw forth some rage, get a little bit of a sacrifice to itself. But then something can find it all to one spot. And suddenly all that power that could affect things over a wide area, but only do a little. Well, it's all in one spot and now can probably do a lot. So what do we do? This is too difficult to explain. There are places throughout the land where the walls between this world and the spirit world are thin. It's probably occupying something down in your lands where the walls are thin. It has a home. It will have made one for itself. If you go there and you perform a rite to appease it, then it will be mollified, probably, for a time. Wait, so you're saying that there is nothing we can do to actually remove this, just make it happy for a while? Kick the can down the road. There might be a way to remove it, but you're up against the bone grinder. It has been long forgotten, but it was still very, very big when it was here. See, this this is... The thing is, dealing with spirits like this is not a thing that was left to most of us. This is what the... Uh, how you call them? Lupines. This is something they were to be guardians of, but of course, like everything else, they failed at it. If you want it dealt with forever, then you must speak with a lupine. And that is difficult even at the best of times. They are very bad at their jobs. Okay, so kicking it down the road doesn't sound like such a bad idea now. Can deal with that one day once we uh once we've regrouped and have some breathing space. I can give you a talisman that could seal away a minor demon. You've made one of use of one of those already. She looks over at the crystal that Ted's, you know, like trying to keep away from him as far as he can. But I don't think it would do much good. If we It is a different thing. It is not a demon, it is a spirit. If we kick the can down the road, like Sam says, you, you know, skip like skipping a pebble on the lake, uh, how long 
how long will that keep things back home? Well, you know, in a state that we can deal with. Because, I mean, I don't think we have to deal with it right now. But if we can give ourselves breathing room, like like Sam says, uh, let Helena and Raven, for that matter, do what they gotta do. You know, if it's gonna come back next year, then... I don't see any point in doing anything, but five years, ten, twenty more, then I'll think maybe we've accomplished something. It's all weren't for nothing. In my experience, it depends upon the sacrifice and depends on how well you perform the ritual. Or whoever you bargain into performing the ritual. What kind of sacrifice are we talking about? The only kind that matters. Blood. Although, the bone grinder. Hmm. It was around for a very long time. If you can sacrifice something that a glacier would destroy normally, that might appease it. Perhaps, oh, I don't know, if you perform the ritual and coincide it with the destruction of a hill or some something that reached high towards the sky, that might work. I am just... Some research on the spirit might reveal more of what would be suitable. But blood and lives are always useful. Christ. All right. And we don't exactly have plenty of those. Again, if you spoke to a lupine or one of the magicians, though they are much rarer these days, they might be able to offer more insight. Or One of made. the magicians? Oh, yes. We may yeah, have run into think... some If you do, then that will probably make things easier. Though harder in other ways. <sighs> the magicians, I... Or, or the lupines were meant to... See, meant shepherd the spirits. The magicians were meant to... <sighs> shepherd things that are and will be. And they have failed so, so very much. As well. But I will tell you of the ritual that can that will appease a spirit. It is a simple one, though it is bloody, and it will weigh upon your hearts if you perform it. And she does. There's not much to say after that. At least there didn't seem to be much for her to say. Though she did wait a moment give Hel and give Helen a few minutes to say her last goodbyes before she started walking out towards the lake. 
there's anything more you wish to say here, now's the time. Is Alex with us? No, Alex is over at the police station explaining that somebody tried to mug him. <laughs> um, Ted tells you that, uh, you know, the sabot that were on his heels almost got him, but... Ella's going to need to close up that loop before she can do anything else. To be expected. Ella, look, Helena, look, we, uh... We didn't get off on the best of starts, I think, but I gotta say, knowing that you're staying here, that you ain't coming back with us, it, uh, it don't feel right. Something feels... It's only, it's only for a month or two, but... Uh, what are you so um, worried about? She's a big girl. She can look after herself. She's yeah, I herself know. Five but... more times than I have. I know, and it... Look, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever would have said this uh, if you asked me a month or two ago. But she's one of us, you know. Uh, feels wrong to, feels wrong to, not be there, not have her back, you know. But I suppose, in a way, we're doing this for her too, aren't we? I mean, if we find a way to do this, this, this ritual, this, this sacrifice. Uh, like the lady said, it's gonna weigh on someone's heart, and... Well, we're doing that, so Helena doesn't have to, right? Is how, how I see it. I'm not running from anything, okay? I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying that... You know, we've been through a lot together in such a short... Well... You know, it ain't such a short amount of time to me. Seems like it's been a long, long time. But, you know, we got all of eternity ahead of us. It's like a, it's like a raindrop in the wind, you know. Uh, nothing at all. And we've been through so much in that short time that it just, uh, it just feels bizarre, you know. Like, uh... I know you say it's only gonna be a few months and we'll see each other again, but I, I just... It's feeling like it's something heavier than that. It's feeling like I can't quite shake the feeling that... Well, we part here, we say goodbye here, and... That's it. We go our separate ways, like, uh... What's that saying? Like, uh, ships in the forest. Passing by. Something like that. Tommy, I... Wait, seriously, I, I, I'll see you again. Yeah, moreover, if we're gonna be doing rituals and dealing with spirits and shit, let's just say any of us are coming back. You know, I mean, like, you're focusing on the wrong issue here, I think. She said, she said it's gonna weigh, weigh on someone's heart. It, it ain't a simple thing to do, and... Well, I'm just saying, there's one of us here who's done a lot of things that people would regret, that would weigh on someone's heart, and... Well, you never know, is all I'm saying. One problem first, then the next, then the next. 
look, uh, you just, uh, I suppose you trust this, uh, this lady of the lake. Uh, you, you trust her, you, you trust her enough that you're gonna stay here with her, right? I have no idea. I would just say, uh, look, uh, if you get into trouble and you need help, you just gotta, you just gotta find a way to let us know and we'll come here as soon, as soon as we can. We'll do whatever we have to do. We'll, we'll drop whatever is happening back home, but doesn't matter if I trust her or not. I, I trust you. And if you think this is the right thing to do, then then I won't say nothing about it no more. Thank you, Tommy. I... I don't know. I, I just gotta do it, okay? Just... It, it won't be long. It won't. Like, this is all very sentimental, but we've got things to do. We do, we gotta go. Um, yes, my protection ends tonight. You should leave now. Tommy's still clutching his hat in his hand, just nods, and he says, uh, oh, thank you I've for your help, ma'am. I've been shielding you from the prying eyes of the future seers. But the ritual is done. And it's a very much appreciated... Tommy slides the hat back on his head. It was what Raven bargained for. Oh. I would not advise trying to speak of me to anyone else. Is it she going to dominate? Well. Is she going to back that up with a dominate? No. The fun thing about telepathy... She's already put the blocks in place. She's just putting the final touches on them. You can try to resist if you like. She is. What would Tommy have to roll to resist? Well, let's see. He trusts Helena, but he doesn't trust this woman, and he wants to at least remember who convinced Helena to stay behind, just oh. in case he never hears from her again. Well... Tommy doesn't quite understand what's happening here, but this is an embedded command. Though yes. I can't quite find where those are. We're going to say it's her manipulation versus and dominate versus your intelligence plus resolve. A submerged directive, plus, would you say? Yeah. Uh, Where is that, anyway? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking to get that now, actually. As mesmerize, which means... Yeah, oh. you were right. Manipulation, dominate versus intelligence plus and resolve. And Sam, you may attempt this as well, if you like. No, I think he's fine with it. Plus it would Don't be a shockingly bad roll. Don't it would get to include your bonus dice for blood potency there. Yeah, intelligence is five, and then... An extra, so he's going to deal with six here. Alright. I'll check to make sure I'm doing this properly. Don't want to cheat you. 
That's going to be five successes for Tommy after a willpower. Admirable. Bit of willpower, huh? Yeah. What's your manipulation? Ah, yes, there we go. It's admirable. What's the phrase? Spit in the hurricane? Narissa has been at this a very, very long time. Well, okay, there we go. Tommy, you pit your will against something that cannot be called a human anymore by any stretch of the imagination, by something that wears. The body that it was born with more as a shell than as something that's got any real connection left to its hard to emphasize just how alien the will that's bearing down on you is. And you almost fight it off. You see her pause mid turn and frown, and you feel her redouble her efforts. An exertion of her own willpower against yours and just manage to seal the decree. And thanks to your successes, you're going to know exactly what this is. Basically, you're going to retain full memory of what happened here, but you are n not going to be able to speak of this woman, of anything about her or anything of what she's done. Your tongue will trip itself to turn to explain how Helen and Raven stayed in Chicago of their own free will, if you really want to go into that amount of detail. She's leaving you the memory, but she's removing your ability to take, to speak of it for a time. Tommy, he opens his mouth and he's about to... As the gravity of this sets in, he's about to demand to know who this woman is, but then something just switches in his brain. Click! And he just pulls the hat tighter around his head, pulls his jacket over his shoulders, and he says, Well, uh, we got a train to catch. And she walks into the lake as Helena follows. Well... Stopping to whisper, then darting toward the edge of the park. After all, there's still an Alex to deal with. There is. That's an important uh, not to tie off. And as the other two, as the other three, Ted, Sam, and Al, and Ted, Sam, and Tommy go to rendezvous with Al and uh... oh, which what's the name of the ghoul you left with him? Which one did you leave with him? Oh, I left Chadley. Chadley! With Alan Chadley and let them know they have to leave now. We'll cut ahead to where Helena 
as the light as the dawn slowly approaches the horizon with uh, more and more of your body telling you you need to go finally Alex exits the police station and does an almost comical double take when he sees you across the street on a park bench he looks both ways carefully, having experienced Chicago driving himself firsthand, and hurries across. Darling! Thank goodness you're right. I was worried when that, that dreadful beast came after, and, te te and Theodore stopped him. Yeah, it's good to see you too, bud. Oh, no. No, Sam's already gone. This is Helena's alone. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. This is a private room, and thank you very much. <laughs> Are you well? I'm... I'm really good, Lexi. Alex. The, sh should we go to bed? It's quite early. I'm very tired. And you've got the, the, the your condition, after all. To think of. Yeah, let's, um... Let's walk and talk, okay? Of course. And he takes the lead without being asked and starts heading to back toward the safe house that you'd commissioned. Well, that Tommy had commissioned. He keeps sneaking small sidelong glances at you. And you see in his eyes the hunger for your approval. Alex, what was it what was it like when when you found me again? It was, it was such a relief. I, we were meant to be together. And then you had, you, you had your episode and your father wouldn't give me any details. No matter how much I insisted, he had me thrown out of your house. Did, did you know that? And um. it was, it was joy. I knew you, I knew you, you hadn't run from me because of me. I knew that you'd just been taken because of, well, well things were much more complicated. But now it's all right. I'll sort things out with my family, and you, you, once this, whatever terrible business you're in is, is done, you can come and live with me now. Yeah, um, about that. Uh, listen, I have to stay in town for a while. Oh. That's no worries. I'll just uh, wire my family and ask for more money and uh, tell them uh, this is very important for the business in the future. Yeah, it is, um, after all. Actually, uh, have you told your family that you found me? Um, no, no. It's. <sighs> I didn't give too many details when I asked for more money. Yes, Mr. Swearingen advised me to... Well, well, he rather threatened me that if I mentioned you to anyone, he'd stab my organs in alphabetic order. But... 
It's really a boot. I, 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 I promise you, he does not have the, the the medical knowledge to do that. Hmm. Well, uh, that's a. I suppose that's a relief. But no, no, I, I've not. I've not mentioned you. I was waiting to save the good news until I could bring you home properly to meet Mummy. Okay, that's um. That's really good, actually. I must insist, you'll have to let her plan the wedding. She'll be insufferable for years if she she doesn't get a hand in it. Yeah. Um, what... She'll at least let me pick the, the bouquet, yeah? Oh, certainly. I am sure that can be arranged. That, that's, that's not... Oh, of course, of course, I'll put my foot down. That's a, a little. She's been telling me. I, she's been telling me I need to be more assertive anyway. There's a little tear welling in, um, in the corner of Helena's eye, and she says, "Yeah, I, assertiveness is it's it's important to have." This will prove to Father at last that I'm ready to handle the family business. Oh, no other choice but to leave everything to me. Actually, um, if you haven't really told them what you've been doing here, maybe we should, uh, get our stories straight, yeah? Oh, of course. Uh, of course, of course, whatever you think is best, he says, and in the echo of his eyes, you see an old bit of pride flare up, a little bit of anger at being, well told, being told what to do, swiftly drown beneath the deluge of impulses from the blood maybe it comes to Helen at that moment just what she's been doing to this guy yeah I think she'd been uh, putting it together by this point just what the blood does to those who become hooked to it so um let's just make sure our our history of events lines up um so you found me at at that bar yes yes dreadful place my poor oh my poor chauffeur i should have to get an order a new one though <sighs> not like there's any shortage of germans these days plenty of ex-soldiers out there And then, uh, you stayed with me, and we traveled to Chicago. Yes. Yes. Here we are, after all. <laughs> and her eyes start to turn as, as she looks him deeply in the eye, and she says, And when, when did you first, when, when did the fall happen? Well, when I when I took that fall and my my neck, it it broke. I don't understand why. What exactly you? His eyes glaze over. Oh, 
Oh no, she's fallen. Yeah, but as it... your influence seeps into his mind, linking up with him. No. But, but I, but I took the fall, and you had to see that. I'm, I'm so sorry. used to prove to my father I'm a man she was the only one who really what oh god what do I do now it was so it was so pointless oh god just like that I'm going to have to go back home I'm going to have to oh no he's crying now Tears strewing down his eyes to match the blood and pouring from your own. I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. Damn it. Damn that woman. I put so much of myself into trying to land her. She would have been perfect. Why did I even? I've got to go back home. I've got to beg forgiveness. He turns from you. Your power is working away, chewing at his mind, editing you out. As he staggers, leaning on the cane that is now no longer for show, as he's barely standing with it. I need need to go home. God, there's nothing for me here. Before you go. He turns to look at you, regarding you almost as a stranger now. The images of you slipping away in his mind. I'm... You'll find someone else, Alex. But can you promise me something? Of course I'll find somebody else, just no one nearly as rich with no other prospects. Promise me something, Alex. I'll promise. The memory of Helena. I'll vow her dying words to me. Yes. Promise anything. He'll treat her as an equal. Okay. And for the first time you feel his mind resist. (laughs) Because that is an utterly absurd notion to one Alex Abernathy goes against all the standards of the time. That's something a suffragette would say. Holy shit. <laughs> so I'm going to have to ask you to roll dice here. <sighs> oh, I don't think she's going to make it, but we'll see what we can do. Okay. Um. <laughs> now, you're up against Alex, so I mean... <laughs> He's not the resolve. strongest will person. Intelligence. <laughs> so you've got a good shot here. Just go ahead and roll me a uh, manipulation plus dominate. Here. Manipulation dominate, okay. I'm gonna definitely buff this as well. Uh, she gets hungry, but I don't think it really okay. matters at this point. Alright. Uh, oh my god. Uh, willpower on that one. Mm-hmm. What you got? Two successes. Can you see the screen? Oh! 
Oh my god! <laughs> Did he entirely it's, fail? It's oh he boofed it. He had three <laughs> dice and he got none of them. And with a casual flick of of your frontal lobes, you destroy Alex's will. And decades, literal decades of ingrown chauvinism, male supremacy, and proto-incel behavior just kind of get takes a hit. You're not sure what it's going to be replaced by. It may not be anything healthy. Needs to be another podcast now. You know <laughs> he will follow your directive, and he will honestly do his damnedest to respect whoever he convinced convinced to love his sorry, sad self. Look, she's working with she's working with uh, early twentieth century feminist knowledge at a very cursory glance. That's pretty good for her. Honestly, this was about the point in time that the suffragettes had just won a big victory. There's a lot of uh, stuff for her to draw upon. And she hit him with the full power of feminism. So, that's it's just not a very nuanced point. approach at this point in history, but yeah, that's that's a win. And I think that's a place to leave her. Desperately jogging for cover before the sun rises. With Alex weeping on a park bench changed forever for the better i had to say but certainly didn't make anything worse <laughs> and that's where we'll leave helena and cut across to al so al it's been a pretty shitty fucking trip. Oh, fucking tell me about it. Yeah. You just busted your hump off for yet another master who up and fucking disappeared without a thought for you. I really gotta find a new line of work. And uh, they barely had time to explain things to you before they bustled out on the train car and it was time for to tuck them away for the day. And you're st there looking at uh, Tommy's bunch of mooks and that uh, limp dick Chadley who, can, who can't piss in a bucket without orders. Would you like to get some sleep or would you like, would you like to occupy your uh, little bit of daylight hours with something else right now? Alright, I got some time myself. Alright. And so you're... And so you give the others their marching orders, which is don't fucking disturb me unless the world is ending, or something like that. Then you go flop out and lay across, and have a lay in the co private compartment where the bloodsuckers are sleeping. Maybe not the safest space, but you're a little pissed right now. So if one of them puts you out of your misery, hey, whatever. And thus, you're only just waking up when one of the uh, one of the mooks comes and comes and knocks on the compartment door. It's somewhere around uh, late afternoon, hidden toward evening. 
few hours, the stiffs will be up and around. Sir? Sir? Uh, what is it? We're, uh... The, uh... Car just, uh, got decoupled from the train, sir. We're in a station in Indianapolis. Are we supposed to be here? No. No, we're not. Okay, um... What time of day is it? Late afternoon. Figure about, oh, 4.30, 5 o'clock, somewhere around there. Uh, God, at least you're fucking five, six hours. Okay. Uh, okay, you stay with these dipshits. Uh, Al is going to uh, head out to the platform and see what's going on. Right. Hesitantly and with his guard raised. Okay. Well, you step out. You step outside the car. You are uh, the edge of bustling rail yard. Unlike the Chicago one, it's not under any stations. It's a wide, open prairie. Railroad tracks, cars scattered around, turntables in action here and there. And as you uh, step out, you see a man in a cassock kind of turn your way and uh, wave a hand to the few to a couple of the rail workers next to him the, one of them kind of heads over to him and uh, the two of them approach you I just remembered something that I, I had planned to do um, if we can potentially oh, yeah. retcon this in Oh, what did you uh, Helen was going to give Al a message for her um, her sire uh, with regards to the assignment she was sent on, and it was simply the words, "You're in over your head." All right. Anyway, sorry. Situation now. Uh, who's in front of me? Yeah. A man wearing a cassock and a cross, and a uh, rail worker. Kind of, kind of short, uh, little, little shifty looking. Keeps glancing around. Well, the man with a cassock and the uh, male pattern baldness going on, and uh, soft hands of somebody who's never worked a proper day in his life, has a great big beaming smile with a mouthful of rotten teeth as he comes up to you. Hello there, my friend. Can I help you? Ah, yes, we're just about to... Well, let's just say uh, some... There's an emissary of the law wants to speak with a certain fellow on that there train. And who might that be? Well, I'm not at liberty to say, but he's, uh... You might say blood kid. Uh, do you know what time it is? Yes, sir. And in a few hours, 
Here the message shall be delivered unto the child. Listen, buddy, unless you made an appointment or something. I mean, it was to be. It is to be. It is a thing that must happen. To honor the true Lord. Right, okay, this isn't a shtick. Uh... Listen, buddy, I'm gonna need you to leave. Al, go ahead and roll me a... Manipulation plus intimidate. Hey, hey, uh, the uh, the sidearm that I assume is tucked in his waistband is just lightly flashed. Well, it's the hilt of a knife. How's a knife guy? That works. Sorry, still letting his sheet. Um, it's cool. Okay. So no hunger dice, yeah? Just a roll? Yeah, just straight up all white dice. Benefits of being a breather. Yeah, uh, four successes. Of course. Of course. I, I, uh, sorry to bother you. Wait for the emissary to come himself. Yeah, I'll no, you you're not going to wait for anything. You're going to leave. And he hurries off, as he does, for successes. Rattles his mind where he doesn't lower his voice as much. And he, you hear him say to the shifty man, ah, make, make sure that rail car stays in the yard here, otherwise it'll go very poorly for me. Okay, so... Uh, the two with, of them hurry off. With this, Al is sense. going to definitely now head out onto the platform proper, and uh, he's going to see uh, who is in charge of all this situation. shortcut things here. Let's see. Yeah, sounds like an intelligence plus investigation. Sounds good. Let's try and figure out what's going on here. One success. You spend an hour trying to make sense of things. And you keep getting the runaround. Direct questions are getting you nowhere. And uh, the few answers, uh, you ca you ask a couple of times, well, why has that car been pulled off to the side? And people go and spend 10 minutes checking, come back and say, well, it's on the work order. Car needs refurbishment. Then you ask who signed the work order and they go away to check and don't come back. It's been an hour. Sun's getting low into the sky. What now? All right. Where do they go away to check? Oh, you see them heading back deeper in. Heading back into a uh, tele a shack where telegraph wires seem to go into. It looks like the nerve center of this particular rail stop. Al is going to bodge his way in. All right. Hmm. Give me a strength plus intimidation, Al. Can do. This is a nice change of pace. Uh, five successes. Five successes. Bear, bear with me while I, while I find his voice. He sounds a bit like Sam at the moment. That's fine. That's fine. You see, you bull your way in the... 
the man wearing the uniform, the man wearing a uh, conductor's outfit, gar kind of guarding next to the shack, opens his mouth to say something and closes it as you shoot him a look, and suddenly remembers he has a smoke break he's overdue for. And you, you head in to see a uh, couple of men tapping away quickly on, on a telegraph, another one picking up a phone and answering it and checking things. Seems like the usual chatter. The man on the phone kind of glances your way, does a double take, and makes a little shoe motion. This place is hung with bits of paper on like uh, what look like wash lines being shifted back and forth. You'd guess they all have something to do with train scheduling. Gentlemen, a moment of your time, if you please. Well, if you give me a second, sir, I'll be right no. with you. We've got a lowest investigate emergency to deal with here. All right. The man with the phone covers the mouth of it and says, What are you doing here, buddy? This is... Uh, we're keeping the Baltimore and Ohio in, a, in operation. What I'm Should doing be? here is actually what I'm trying to sort out. Uh... Look, to put it politely, I've been given the runaround for the last hour now. I'm just trying to find out why the car sitting on the tracks over there is not on the move as we speak. Romain Insight plus Wits. Whoops, that's not the dice. Um... Two. Al, you can't help but notice one of the telegraph operators tense up when you mention that one. The man on the phone just gives you a look of confusion. Looks over. I, 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 let me run it down. I don't know. Everything in this yard is here for a reason, okay? You're kind of disrupting business. Uh, Al shifts the weight of his body starts to... And he starts pulling on the clotheslines to bring sheets over. Yeah, let's see. That's a Pullman. What's the number? Okay. Yeah, Al shifts the weight of his body towards the one who tensed up, and he just continues. It's just that I've I've asked several people about uh, the situation going on, and every time that. They've, uh, they've they've promised me that they're gonna come back here, find out what's going on, and then come talk to me. And they, no one's really had the uh, the good grace to actually follow up on that. As you as you start making your case, which I'll ask you to roll a charisma pers persuasion, sure. the telegraph operator stops what he's doing, turns around, and says, "This fellow's really not supposed to be here. There, there's no time for this." And Five successes. Your eyes are drawn to a mal. And you know exactly what's going on. This guy is using that vampire wuchu. Oh shit, He's okay. Using awe. And given that the sun's high in the sky and he's not a pillar of fire, you have an inkling of what that means. But five beats is four, and the hostile operators take a point of willpower damage. <laughs> but they try and they try and counter. You know, you really ought to get out of here. Uh, security is only a call away, and this really isn't our department. Don't you have better things to do? And I'll ask Al, how do you want to counter that? You the thing is, actually... So it has to be something different. All right, um...
One moment. Let me think about this. Well, you try, you tried pleading your case, and you're being opposed. So another, Indeed, another. Oh, I, I'm just thinking of the wording. I'm going manipulation, intimidation. Oh, okay. Uh, or charisma, intimidation. Either way. Um. Well, the thing is, is that I would, uh, I would have something better to do if my train was arriving where it's meant to fucking be. As he like pushes his weight much closer towards the one who was tensed up and not the uh, the 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 ore using one. You're not a tall man, Mr. Swearingen, but you know how to loom. So I'll go ahead and give me your choice of charisma or manipulation plus intimidation, and I will counter with uh, resolve plus intimidation. Sir, we can call the guards right over here, and they can escort you off these premises. I'll make it charisma intimidation, and on that he uh, he then tactfully withdraws his weight, and he says, "And I'm sure you can understand the situation I'm in, and that is, buy it again." Another one gone. They're starting to waver. You can see it. They're putting up a good front, and that ringleader, who's definitely got some wuju going, is fighting the good fight. And he, and he says, and he changes text. Well, we could easily transfer the uh, people on there to another train entirely. That wouldn't be a problem. Just to get, have you get on a car to an established one, and you know this wouldn't work doing part of those uh, secret compartments. The secret compartments carrying the very fragile cargo that needs specialist hands to move them between... Uh, cargo, uh, cars, yes. I'm familiar with the compartments. Well, uh, out of character, you probably Sorry, would yes, that, that was a brain fade. I realized yeah. as I was saying it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he's trying to deception <laughs> and manipulation. How do you watch to counter, Al? You can't use manipulation again, you just did, so you have to try a different tack. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I, let me try it. Just a, a, a defensive composure persuasion stance. Now he's taking a step back. Look, it's just that the cargo we're carrying requires very specialist hands to move around, and we can't simply convey it car to car. All right, go ahead and roll. And if you net three successes over what they roll, I'll let you go ahead. And learn a fact. Okay. He gets oh he gets a two. Mm. Are you happy with that? Oh, we'll power it. Alright. That's a critical five. Critical five. There you see you see them You see the man on the telegraph wince. And Al you are a man who's always lived his life by greed, not necessarily your own. And as you mentioned special cargo, you see the two who aren't throwing the power around kind of look at each other and lean forward a bit. And you get the feeling that you've found some people who are probably pretty bribable. <laughs> of course, you so. understand that the cargo is very valuable to me and my employer. 
Uh, sir, this sounds kind of irregular. Be quiet, Walter. How valuable would it be? Says the man on the phone, who's now put the phone firmly back to the receiver. He sort of just gives him a sideways, like, look, and he, like, fires his brow, and he says, Enough. And they look at each other, and, uh, I'd like you to, if you so desire, go ahead and roll me your will- your resources, plus your manipulation. Um, okay, so, uh, the sheet that I have that you've given me has the issue with the drop-down menus. I think oh, his Lord. resources is two? Uh, yeah, call it a two. Okay, um, resource manipulation, yeah? successes. The telegraph operator protests, but in vain. Greenbacks seal the deal. And not many of those either, because uh, these guys are in crap for pay. Even given how vital they are to the operation. And they nod, and one of them jerks a few things around, goes to the speaking tube on the wall, says to do it. Pullman 54, back on the line, back on the line. Thank you, gentlemen. Your your cooperation means a lot to me. You've got five minutes to rejoin your car before it gets uh, sent on the next train to Dayton. I'll be right on, Alex. And as you start jogging that way, you hear feet behind you and see... Probably with not much surprise that the telegraph operator's doing his best to keep up. You're making a mistake. You don't Can know. Can I help you, sir? Look, you're making a mistake. There's a very important man. There's. You're getting in between his sire and his child. I am simply doing my job. All I'm saying. Is that Father Andrews is going to remember this. I'm sure he will. And his eyes stony. Nothing more he can do out here, his face contorting in rage. He watches you go as you swing back up on the, onto the car. Just as a bunch of uh, rail apes, rabbits sling the chains, haul it to and haul it over to a train that's hissing in for a stop for refueling. It doesn't even take five minutes, and by the time it's watered and recold, it's chugging east. So, do you say anything to the, to the stiffs as they wake up and start getting out of the compartment once night is underway? Al, smoking a cigar <laughs> and sitting comfortably, uh, is, uh, yeah, he, he just sits there waiting for them to wake up. And he says, I think you got a, uh, admirer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have trouble with, uh, trouble with the trains on the way out, huh? You say, as you start to pump blood through your veins. Yeah. <laughs> I would like Sam and, and uh, Tommy to go ahead and make me rouse checks, would you? Tommy's there is also fire in the room. Yeah, 
But it's contained at the minute. Vampires have a hell of a time in the 20s. People smoke like chimneys indoors. Oh, as, yeah. as Tommy rises, his eyes are just red with hunger. He briefly looks at Al and bears his fangs. The and pipe take, flares. Takes a second to compose himself. He is at hunger four and Ooh. he just looks around and he says, Ah, Zayi, uh, trouble with the trains on the way out, huh? Sorry, I decided yeah. to take a mouthful right there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. As as Sam seems to, sees Tommy bare his fangs, he kind of just like leans in front of him a little bit, and says, "Hey, we don't do that here." I I, I know. Don't you dare look at Lucius like that either. I know, <laughs> but we got we had to hurry out of the city, and I was kind of hoping we'd be back home when we came to. Only I come to now, we're still in the train. Looks like we've run into trouble, and, uh... What was the, uh... The what sort of trouble? Name? The, fa the Father the Anders. Father Anders. What Look, sort of trouble? Asks Lib. Climbing around. I, I would save your fervor for a... a uh... Look, do, do you know anything about a Father Anders? Can Tommy, being that Tommy's at hunger four, can he now roll to see if he goes into a fury frenzy or not? Absolutely. Give me a will. <laughs> give me a uh, composure. Well, it's all plus composure there, Tommy. Plus a third of my humanity, which is only going to be one at this point. No, two at this point. Five successes. So Tommy. Tommy immediately rises and he clenches his fist and there's the sound of splintering wood as the fist just comes down on the crate that he was just sleeping in, shattering oh, yes, it. Yes, then. Tommy bears his fangs again. <sighs> and yet there's a faint echo of joy at hearing the name. <sighs> Artificial joy. Here I was when I... When I came to, and I still feel the train moving on the rails, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe some one one of those guys in Chicago caught us on the way up. And he turns to Sam and he says, "Father Anders is my sire." Oh, really? I thought I'd seen the last of him, but apparently Where have I not. Heard that before? Anders. Have we... Yeah, yeah, no, that If he's coming on... for, you, for you, that's uh, that's bad news for all of us. Yeah, I, I dealt with him once, I can do it again, only I, uh... Tommy reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a cigar and he just twirls it through his knuckles and he's thinking of lighting it. And then he realizes how hungry he is as he feels the pangs reverberate through his body and he just tosses the cigar on the ground, crunches it underfoot because he's not willing to rouse the blood and make himself even hungrier in this confined space, not when the only mortals around are Al and his own cronies. Would Al pick up on this? Oh, you know the signs. He is, uh, thirsty. 
Yeah, Al, Al just gives him a nod of appreciation. <laughs> um, he's he's been he's been drunk too many times at Al's this point. Neck, neck muscles flex. <laughs> Indeed, they he nods at Tommy. That uh, awesome. Speaking of being antsy, uh, I gotta be right to the point. I don't got the patience nor the brain needle nor the horsepower in me brain to 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 beat around the bush. Uh, Helena's Helena's stayed behind. Uh, you got enough blood to last you till we uh, get back till we get this sorted. Uh, how much does he have, actually? Well, you figure, given your last drink, you've got about three weeks before you have to start worrying about turning to a corpse. I should have three died. weeks to find a new boss. Actually, if you uh. We'll talk business later. I'll, I'll be fine. You ain't got no master no more, and despite that, you still went out on a limb to make sure Father Anders didn't get his grubby mitts on me. I appreciate that, and I reward good service, but now is not the time. He turns to his, uh, he turns to his mooks who are gathered around the car, and he just yeah. signals yeah, I figured they could have come in once they heard you talking. You see, as he sees the mentor, he immediately signals one of them. Hey, hey, Mickey, uh, Mickey, over yeah, here. Boss. Sure, boss. Roll here, down, boss? roll down your sleeve right now. Oh, oh, shit, we're doing it, boss. All right. Hey, look, I would wait till we get home, but we gotta. We're in danger, and I need to. I need to be able to think, you know. The rest of you with me? Let's give them some privacy, man. Says Chadley and leads the other move away. And Mickey rolls down his sleeve and away. Before Tommy goes in for the bite, he stops. He stops for just a moment, somehow managing to hold back the near frenzy. And as if he's just remembered something, he pats his pockets, reaches into his jacket and pulls out a dime. And he says, quick, he he heads or tails? Uh, tails, boss. He flips the coin. What does it come up as? It comes up as heads. Heads, heads, heads. Yeah, okay, heads. Uh, uh. Now you don't obviously don't have enough cash to uh pay pay to to to, to pay what you owe to the house, right? So roll up, roll up your sleeves, and and don't say nothing, and just 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 know you're doing me a big favor. Well, whatever happens, okay. You get about halfway through that speech before you realize your fangs are in them. Yeah. <laughs> but this is your feeding type and matches things. And he's a sturdy man. You man, there's a thought of just draining him, just cutting loose. But you have other matters on your mind and relatively full willpower bars, so I'm going to try not to. So he kind of back at the end of it. That said, I don't want to... I want to try to restrain myself. I don't want to take so much blood that he's left anemic and... Yeah, all right. yeah, I want him to be able to still, you know, brandish his gun. That is going to take pain. a little bit of self-control, so yeah. Yeah. Roll me that composure and resolve. Plus uh, 30 your human. Let's do that again. That whole massive one died there. Five successes. 
Oh yeah, not a problem. Slake your hunger by two. Yeah, you down to two. two. That's enough. And Tommy pulled himself away, even though he desperately wanted to He's gonna have a pounding go headache on. for a few days, but nah, whatever. It's Mickey. He doesn't think that well anyway. Tommy sees him sort of standing uneasily, and he just looks at him. He says, "You, you, you okay? You can, you can raise Fire your gun, boss. point, point oh, and shoot. Yeah. yeah, if if I say point and shoot, you you can still do it." I'll just have to tell the man playing the taps in my head to keep it down some. Good, because uh, I got a feeling you're going to need to be pointing and shooting relatively soon. Uh, last time I dealt with Father Anders, I needed to get him by surprise and I needed backup. I'm thinking this time I might just need four Tommy guns into the mix to even the odds. And for the record, this is a new voice. As a figure is suddenly there in the car. For the record, says Mr. King, smiling. That was smoothly done, however you did it. Well, Tommy straightens his hat and, at this point, takes the opportunity to lift another cigar out of the case. Flick... And the, rest of you, and the rest of you see Mr. King, the Suddite that Tommy and the rest of you spoke to so long ago in the rant. Tommy! Tommy, Tommy luckily... Tommy luckily does not get hungrier from rousing the blood twice for his blush of life as he takes a long drag of the cigar, filling the cabin in smoke. Then he says, ah, ah, Mr. King, uh, my, my apologies, you, uh, you caught me at an inopportune time. Only oh, now no. uh, scrambling to, uh, deal with the problem, you see. It's, we've, we've all been there, Tommy, we've all made our bones, that's the, uh, gangster business, yes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But... I just wanted to inform you that, uh, you passed the test. The test, uh... Passed the test, uh... Tommy's not quite sure what to say of this. He just scratches the back of his head and he says, Uh, well, uh... That'll well, make two tests are passed in my life then. Uh, the one in second grade and now this one. Well, you see... It all comes down to politics, it always is. He's... See, your grandsire is a man named Melvin Ramsey. How do I put that? And he more or less runs Indianapolis. Wait, so... So when Anders try to stop the train... See, that weren't him trying to get back at me. That was his sire sending him to do the dirty no. work. Cause... No, 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 no. It was... Ramsey, poor dear, begged for a chance to reconcile with his wayward child, bring him back into the fold. You see, Ramsey's... You see, uh, Anders isn't... Hmm. Anders isn't quite a deal of... How should I put this? Uh, apologies to the lady. He nods loop. Deep shit. Mm -hmm. At the minute, 
and he wanted to prove that there were no hard feelings and that he would be a loyal and obedient servant to the Suddite cause in Indianapolis. And Melvin agreed to let him try to reconcile matters. With the caveat that if he failed, his punishment would be doubled. So, uh, so where do I fit into this, uh? Well, we'd, I'd been sent to watch and, and, and see if you could resist the call of the blood. In bond enough to, uh, keep your own way. But I don't know, I don't know what countermeasures, cutting countermeasures you set in play to prevent it, but he didn't even get a chance to confront you in the train yard. Well, uh, that would be, uh, Tommy just glances over at Al and he says, glances over at Al, and then he says, oh, well, that would be, because, uh, you know, I take a lot of care in making sure that, uh, nobody catches me with my guard down, uh, obvious exceptions, of course. He gestures towards Mr. King. Ah, well. In any case, Mr. Ramsey is pleased and sure. And at some time in the future, should you return to Indianapolis for a personal meeting with the head of the temples, then you will be received with status and honor. And as to that, you know, unfortunately, the reward for more work, for work, for doing work well, is uh, more work. Yeah, don't I know it? You see, I've moved ahead somewhat in the church due to my uncovering of the rogue agent in Dayton. Thank you for that, by the way. And as I am benefiting, I am bequeathing to you my own task and the glory that you will reap thereof. Do you wish to discuss it here, or shall we go up the train a bit? Tommy... Depends on how much you talk to trust these people, really. And then he just shrugs, and he says, uh, Everyone here knows who I am and what I do. They know of my service to set, so... And they know the one who would mainly uh, have an issue with it uh, ain't with us right now, so... Go ahead. Uh, I, I got a feeling I already know what you're going to say, and you're going to say that you've moved on to bigger and better things than old Dayton. So, uh, essentially, uh, when it comes to Set and his representatives, I'm the only true faithful down there now, and it's up to me to spread the good word and the good news, yada yada. Oh, heavens no. I'm the snakehead of Dayton. I should explain. I'm the one who ensures that uh, when, pe when people of interest to our clan pass through Dayton, that they go through safely. I smuggle them in, I smuggle them through, I smuggle them out. Sometimes I work through the Anarchs, sometimes I set the, I set the Anarchs up uh, to distract each other while I smuggle more important people through. You are the gateway to the Midwest. Now, for the clan of Set. And now, if you wish to proselytize and attempt to recruit people to your cause and do the usual mumbo-jumbo that the priests do, by all means, go ahead. 
But my friend, it's going to be a cover for your troop task. Do you understand? Lay it on me. I just told I just told you. Yeah, alright. And everything else, every all the other details you need, contacts, bank accounts, resources, and minions will be contain is contained in this book that I bequeath unto you now. Yeah, I, one thing I've always been good at is uh, smuggling, and no offense to the great cause and all, but every time I tried to proselytize about Set and talk about how I'm on his path and all that, it only ever led to more trouble, you see. So, if you're offering me a chance to just do what I actually do best and... Uh, let the others of the blood deal with the nitty-gritty deal with the, the, the you know, the, the brain scrubbing and the like, then sure, I'm happy and honored that you would trust me with that task. I'm going to be honest, when I saw you in action, I thought, well, there would have been a fine warrior. Really, the priest's path, hmm. You could do it, but it's not really the best suited for what you are, dummy. That's, I think that's what sets all about in the course of it. It lets us be who we are. Without such prosaic notions as guilt. Well, in any I'll case... Be, I'll be honest with you, you know, I run a casino, a speakeasy, you know that, and I uh, I spent my whole life, even before I was part of this, this game, part of this thing, that... I spent all that time trying to get people to, to give in to their basic instincts, you know. Let them turn them, into, turn them into gamblers, turn them into drunkards, turn them into degenerates and feed that need. But I never did it out of any sense of moral obligation or any sort of religious devotion. I just did it because, you know, it's easier to make a living off the saps when they're pouring more money into your booze and your gaming and your card tables, okay? And that is the essence of who we are and what we do. You'll do just fine, Mr. Mr. Hinton. And I'm going to end my stops in another few minutes. I'm going to head up the train and take my leave. Good luck. Tommy gestures towards his mooks, um, accepting Mickey, and he says, Ah, oh, you, you came all this way. Uh, you feel free... Take a bite before you leave. Uh, it's all in the house, as they say. Ah, uh, you flatter me. We'll have to catch up next time you're in Indiana. Be safe. Well then. Tommy tips his hat. He says, uh, thank you for the visit, Mr. King. Very much appreciated. And as soon as, uh, soon as issues are dealt with in Dayton, I'll be ready and waiting at my new post. The Snakehead. He smiles. Of Dayton. I expect it will take a few years to get yourself settled, but eventually Mr. Ramsey or his chancellors will call you in for discussion and a performance review, so I hope you do it well. He nods and slips out the door. As he leaves, Tommy just turns to Al and Sam, and he broadly smiling, he says, You hear that? Snakehead, Tommy. It's much better than... Tommy Four Fingers or Tommy the Dumb Brick, innit? I, I like to believe that Sam and Al just started playing cards <laughs> while Tommy was doing all this. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and they just talked to each other in the same voice. 
Hey, uh, Al, uh... You yeah. know your way around outside of town, yeah? You know, I like uh, to think so. You travel from... You used to do it for... You used to do it for, uh, for Morgan, didn't you? You know, help people get from one place to another, keep them safe, uh, like you did with us just now, right? Right. Well, uh, you may have uh, come into a job opportunity. Oh, good. We'll discuss Joy it even. We'll discuss it when uh, all this stuff is done, but uh, say uh, if you need to find a new master and uh, you're happy to be left to your own devices, save uh, getting things in and out of the city for me and looking after somebody every now and then, I might have something for you. I assume we can just uh, move on from that. They, they talk about it. And as you start discussing details, Lib leans in. All right. Now, let's, uh, there's something else we need to decide before the train reaches Union Station. Right, right. What's going to happen is... with Haymarket and the big brouhaha between what? the Anarchs and the... That's the one. Lib nods. <sighs> so, I'm going to sum up. And out of character. We're going to take a little break in about 10 minutes. So. Wonderful. I'm going, to su I'm going to sum up. Sutton is pushing for war with Gambarilla. He's not entirely wrong to do so. Because there's a secret I've been sitting on for a while, and it's that the Anarchs don't actually have the manpower they pretend they do. There are a lot of Anarchs that come through Dayton, but there are not many that stay longer than they have to. Sutton and, and the Dandy have made, gotten very good at making the Camarilla think that... Uh, They've got two or three times their numbers. Honestly, though, it's pretty even. And they just got a and they just got Clancy back. The Camarilla did. Clancy is one of the bigger Ancilla from the old days. He's a Torador, sure, but I'll tell you this: you never underestimate Torador. Never goes well, in my opinion. Now, that said, I do have dirt on people. I can uh, get something going against Sutton, but from what you've been telling me about the spirit of violence, if that's around, then defusing any kind of war situation is going to require a lot of work, as long as that spirit's active. And even then, even that's going to guarantee you Sutton will still want a war. So, the way I see it, she says, what we attempt what you, it depend, depends on what you want to do. Who do you want to come out ahead here? Who do you want to be in charge of Dayton? Do you want to try and keep things as they are? Do you want the Camarilla 
to regain it? Do you want the Anarchs to claim it fully? Tommy crosses his arms, he says. Given what i just been told, I want the cam gone, if I can help it. You want the Anarchs to win? Anarchs, yeah. Right. Already got an arrangement with the Anarchs from my predecessor. I will say that it is not impossible for a Setite to gain acceptance from at least a local Camarilla. Not the wider one, but the Anarchs would probably be more suited to the tasks that Mr. King just laid out. So, you'd have an easier job with them, sure. She looks over at Sam. How do you feel? I just want the balance back. Alright, so you want things to stay as they are. I don't know what kind of nightmare we'd be living in if we shook things up too much. If you shook... The only way for one side to win is for enough of the other side to be removed from the board. And she looks over to Al. You've been unusually competent. For somebody who hasn't, isn't fully in the grave. I'll just speak plainly. What are your thoughts on the matter? Look, I, I, I don't... I try not to pay too close attention, but they can seem like real fuckheads. Alright. So your vote for what it's worth is against the Camarilla. So My vote is for... against Nox. I know that's... I, I realize as soon as I say that, that's incredibly uh, anachronistic, but we'll go for it. He's been Helen of Ghoul for so this is long. True. He's got the fissure powers! Yeah, he's, he's actually I didn't do anything riding Helen's blood. For the record, he also knows the first level of Obfuscate, the uh, Silence Ooh. of Death. So. Hey, that wasn't on the, um, the sheet. I'll, I'll knock that down. I forgot to add it, but he, since he switched uh, Domitorius, he's actually picked that up. At least until Helena's blood is gone. But he's still got rapid reflexes? Sure does. He's been serving Sweet. Morgan for so long, that's kind of ingrained. Very cool. Older ghouls, man. They can get scary. Lib uh, leans in. All right. we want the Camarilla gone, then, well, you have two options. You either have to support Sutton, or you have to find somebody who can be more appealing and is still either a quiet war or a hostile war. As much as I can't stand Sutton... I think I can work with him now. You know, if he tries to cause trouble, I let him know he's dealing with the snakehead of Dayton, and uh, he—he's probably gonna have to answer for him. anything he does to harm me if he sees—if he decides that's what he wants to do. With that in mind, I'm probably willing to negotiate with him. Now that I've got some actual status I can leverage, you know. Tommy, roll me an intelligence plus politics, please. Yeah, alright. And actually, Wait. everyone can. Intelligence plus politics, it's only going to be three. Uh, 
Salmon can as well. Two successes. Okay, that's enough for something. Nothing from one for mouth. All right, putting your heads together and talking it over, you realize something that came to light during Chicago could actually help here. Sutton brought in Mark Levescue to talk things up about the Anarch cause in Chicago and the support they were giving Dayton, among other things. But you've seen the Anarchs of Chicago, and they are uh, not that impressive, to put it mildly. Sutton's Sutton's actually got a fair amount of his power base by claiming support from elsewhere that just isn't so strong when you know the facts of it. And meanwhile, Tommy, there's a whole city full of Sedites to the west that you are now a direct agent for. You could definitely play that card. But coupled with the fact that you could maybe blackmail Sutton by revealing that, hey, his support is, like, pathetic. Out of town, then, yeah, you could maybe get something going there. Enough to make check, keep him in check? Hard to say, but it definitely make him think twice. All right, it's his lip. Then that gets to the question, how do we work against the Camarilla? And I can actually offer something here. She pulls out a small key. With a uh, tag on it and a number. When my sire came to me that night, the night of the flood, he brought Rachel with him. It was the first time we'd ever been introduced to each other. It was hate at first sight. Neither of us knew about the other. We each thought we are we are sire's only children. And he told us that. Uh, He'd been preparing us to work together. And to that effort, he had one final exercise before he uh, left for a time. I would receive the key and the number of a safety deposit box. She would get the name of a bank and location of a bank. In that box was his will. To be immediately given once it was removed from that box. I thought it was just another pathetic game. I don't know what she thought about it, thinks about it, but she has been trying to kill me, and I'd imagine that retrieving this key is one of the conditions that she put to the dead man's party. So, it might take work, but if this is if this is some leverage over Rachel, this is something she wants. You could bribe her with it. Perhaps enough to betray the Camarilla if uh, she isn't in too much danger from doing so. That's what I can offer. The other thing you'd need to do to weaken the Camarilla 
and this is just my thoughts of how to do it is to destroy one of the one of the linchpins one of the ancilla that are the reasons that the uh, Camarilla hasn't been overwhelmed yet there are four of them one is Douglas he's the Bruja he sticks mainly to the west side he looks after matters of people of color and the black men, freedmen, and others who have made their home in Dayton. I don't know if you'd have much of an insight there. Honestly, you, I, I am given to understand one of you have seen him, has seen him in action, too. He's powerful. And he's stubborn. The second one is Shimmerman, the Mokavian. I don't know exactly what he can bring to bear, but I know he's not to be underestimated. During the height of the An Anarchs, immediately after the flood, three Mokavians determined to go in, three Mokavian Anarchs determined to go in to his haven and destroy him. They brought ten ghouls with them. None of them made it out. Nobody's quite sure what happened to them, but they've never been seen again. The third ancil is Torben Witek. And given who he is and given who you are, she looks at Sam. I'm not sure you'd be comfortable taking him out of play, either with torpor or killing. And the fourth Ancilla is Clancy. He's Torador. I'm not sure how good he is in the fight. But he's canny. Ambushing him would be difficult. And he has, from what I am given to understand, great powers of charisma. Presence like you wouldn't believe. Well, I'll let, that's the situation as I see it. She says, I'll let you think it over a bit. But after that, we need to figure out a course and a plan. And somewhere along the line, find find some way to subdue this spirit that's causing trouble. Or maybe not. If it is to be war, maybe it can be an advantage. I don't know. She says, and you ponder as the train clicks and clacks and rattles into the darkness. And that's where we'll take our break. You rattle into the darkness and you realize there's a few more points to ponder and Ted actually offers it. He points out I should probably mention that we also know something that uh, Sutton wanted, and which could make a difference in things, is that now we know the Dead Men's Party are a Sabat pack. Yeah, but... They've been, uh, they've been posing as local mercenaries. So. Is that little morsel of information enough to really leverage what we want out of him is the question? I suppose we can use it as a bargaining chip, combined with some of the other stuff we have. Yeah, there's also something to consider, says Lib. 
they're pro they're local to Dayton. They're probably not going to just sit still while there's a war between the Camarilla and the Anarchs. Tell me about these. If they're uh, working for a third party. It's a bad setup. What is this Sabat thing? I understand it ain't like the Anarchs. It ain't like the Cam. And so far, my experience with it is they're all just a bunch of edgy guys who like to cause trouble. So, as I understand it, and this is what I've learned from my years as an information worker, the Sabbat are fanatics who think that the kindred are superior to mortals and should rule the earth openly. I mean, sure, they... we probably could do it, but in the end, Try. I mean... We could try to do it, but I mean, in the end, you know, all it takes is a moment of complacency, you know. Just like, uh, you know, old Don Giuseppe, you know, he had the, he had this big empire, and then he's just having his moment of complacency, just chilling, enjoying, uh, enjoying a spaghetti dinner, and, and suddenly they riddle him full of bullet holes, you know? It's... More than that, there's some old bad blood between them and the Camarilla, too. There's, it's annoying amount of... It's mutual hatred. I just rolled a six for her knowledge here. Reason also, I'm asking... The, go ahead. Also, somebody mentioned it to me once, and I don't know how true... But the Sabat fear the oldest vampires. They call them the Antediluvians. The, the founders of each clan, and they believe that they, the founders are eventually going to wake up and eat, devour all the youngers. That, that don't mean nothing to me. I mean, I ain't, I ain't technically a kindred anyway. I mean, I come from Set and all, so. <laughs> Sorry, uh, devour Set is an antediluvian, they believe. Well, you know, uh, Set wouldn't eat his children. I mean, that would be absurd after everything we've done for him. You know, a good bo a good boss rewards his underlings. That's that's uh, one belief, but that's not what the Sabbat believe. But the Whether reason I, true, is, I couldn't say. Well, what I'm getting at is, uh, if their whole shtick is they just like to cause trouble and rile against the Anarchs and the Cam, then. Well, while we're negotiating with Sutton and, and, and trying to win him over without having to spill blood, maybe there could be some way that we uh, set this Sabat pack like a pack of dogs against the cam. You know, at least maybe they'll knock one of them off and then our, our job is done. They give Sutton the info he needs to take out the dead man's pack and then we're done. Two birds, uh, two birds with one, with with one, you know, you know, you know two two birds with with one stone. I mean, you'd have to be very good at throwing the stone to hit two birds with. I suppose that's why. Ah, never mind, never mind. You could do that, Sislid. You could convince them to go after the Camarilla, and then turn on them at the end. But you'd, hm, you'd have to be very good, careful. Their leader is canny. But the question is how. Souls, that is a question. 
one hell of a lie or one hell of a bribe may be something they want. And her eyes linger on Ted. Yeah, far be it for me to throw Ted in the firing line. But yeah, that's what I was thinking, that that might be our in as well. And I mean, technically, you know, followers are set and all. I ain't Anarch or Cam. And maybe, just maybe, I could, uh, make them think that, uh, I'm sympathetic to their cause. After all, they seem like a bunch of fanatic nut jobs, and that's only a few steps removed from my particular bloodline, so... I'm going to say that Ted weighs in on his opinion here, and the possibility of the, uh, Dead Man's Party being turned against the Camarilla of Dayton is something he'll consider and give you an answer when the time comes. Sam, uh, Al, I suppose you're just, you've been on so many blood teats over the years that you know way more about this than we do. I mean, sure, maybe you don't know exactly what clans called what, but you know how the power works, right? And you've been walking this earth longer than all of us, except maybe Lib, put together. Rude. Right. Says Lib, lighting up a cigarette. So that was timely. <laughs> What are, you, what are you getting at? I'm just asking, you know, uh, we're just babes fumbling around in the dark, but you, you tagged along with Morgan since, you know, they was doing, you know, shootouts in the street at high noon, so maybe you've seen situations like this unfold before, and maybe you got some uh, experience you're willing to draw from here. Give us, give us babes a bone or two. I'd say if you wanted to, that could be an intelligence politics or intelligence. Yeah, okay. I'd even allow intelligence academics for history. That would not help. Um, intelligence politics, I can do. Three. Okay. Three. It occurs to Al that there's one thing that nobody's brought up yet. And... Well, besides the fact that there are actually three sides in the two-sided uh, fight that are coming up, which is always tricky because, yeah, if, the, if some way to take care of or get the Sabat Pack involved in a way that doesn't overthrow your goals, they're probably going to go off and do something horrible. Or try to tip things to their, their own ends. So that's something you ought to consider. But also beyond that, there's also the fact that uh, you're in the Midwest and this whole thing is going to have to be spun carefully if you want the Anarchs to win because you've got two Camarilla cities fairly close by in the forms of Cincinnati and Columbus. And you've got the powerhouse of the Camarilla Chicago, only a train ride away. So if the Anarchs succeed too well then you run the risk of one of those cities sending in reprisal or trying their luck. Likewise, if the Camarilla is only barely defeated, then there's probably some folks down in Cincinnati or over in Columbus who have been looking for a way to get power of their own, 
might be tempted to go and clean up the trash and get, you know, the blessing of their own city's prince to do so. So, not only do the Anarchs have to win here, they have to also win in a way that doesn't draw the ire of other cities down, Camarilla cities down upon them. And the term Cassus Belly comes to mind. Because the Anarchs technically did sign a truce with the Camarilla of the city, a neutrality pact. Yeah, if they just wipe them out, then... If, or if they yeah. seem to have just wiped them out, then other Cam cities might see that as a reason to just come and take over. Yeah, so you're at least going to... So if you want to do it and have minimized chances of uh, that happening from outside, then the Anarchs have to have a reason to go to war beyond Sutton's get them before they get us. Either a setup incident or... You know, an honest-to-God provocation that take, turns dark, which, in that case, having the murder spirit around might help matters. So, Al just sort of rattles off this information very matter-of-factly. It's all business. Hey, like I said, you know your stuff, right? More than I thought. Look, your guy's business isn't that different to mine. And that's another question, says says Lib. What are you to do about the murder spirit? Anything? I think that should probably be priority one. I suppose. Yeah, I'm thinking that takes precedent. If we really wanted to make sure it's dealt with, we could, uh, we could contact the magic men, see if they're willing to do us one more favor. Only, last time we spoke to them, we were squared away, so if they do us a favor, they're probably gonna expect us to do something in turn at some point in the future, let's just keep that in mind. That's not always such a bad thing, says Lib. I made my I gained my status and power by trading boons and make it more valuable for me to be alive because I owed people so much. Uh, yeah, Just I suppose, but uh what could they really do though? I mean, you know, they they seemed like they were all about the science, you know, putting man on the moon and all that. I don't Yes, they never especially got the uh, impression they was all too knowledgeable about ghosts and ghoulies and the like. That's a question you'd have to ask them. Says Lynn, taking a puff from her cigar, cigarette. I suppose I could drop a dime to uh, my contact, see if he's willing to talk to us, at least feel him out, see what he knows, and what they think we can do about it. At the very right. least, we can try. She nods at Sam. All right, then I think we have our goals in mind, yes? Camarilla wins. We put the Anarchs behind Sutton. But 
maybe see about the caster's belly first. And before any before we go to war proper, we have to see to you have to see to the murder spirit. I say you because I'm not going to be much use there. I'm an old whore. And at some point when the war does happen, one of the NCLA is going to have to go and Perhaps you can demoralize the Camarilla or bargain them out of town or beat them decisively enough that they rest or have to fall back. Tommy turns to Chadley and he or says... maybe it comes down to blood. I don't know how much they're going to fight. But we, if, we, if, we, if we approach this the right way, hopefully the bare possible minimum... And then he turns to Chadley and he says, As soon as the train pulls into the station, I want you to take this. He hands Chadley a couple dollar bills. He says, I want you to find the nearest telephone and arrange a meeting for me and the others with the magic guys at that same place we met him last time, okay? And I want it for tonight as soon as possible. I'm going to get back. Sir, yes, sir. Good, you got it. I've got to. I got to get back to the speakeasy and and deal with uh, these rumors of someone else setting up shop. So I'm leaving it to you, Chadley, and I expect you to have that meeting set up for us tonight, sir. Yes, sir. This is Chadley. Lib nods. All right. I'll go have a talk with the dandy and make him understand the plan is. I. I've got enough that he should be able to put him under my thumb and swing him fully behind Sutton. He won't like it, but he can. That's his problem. But from what you told me, the mob should be tomorrow night. So that'll leave you with one night to take care of the murder spirit before war happens. And if you can set up some kind of faked incident tonight, that would be perfect timing. Or find something for Gas's belly. Perhaps she looks at between. She looks at Sam. Honestly, perhaps you could check with your contacts and see if the Camarilla is doing something behind the Anarch's back that they're not supposed to. That'd be enough to break the truce. Tommy raises an eyebrow. Contacts. There is another way," says Lib. Yeah, the Nosferatu speak to each other. Everyone knows this. It's true, we do. They put sure. clan above part. They put clan above Camarilla and Anarchs. I suppose, yeah, we could find out if they're doing something behind uh, behind the Anarchs' back, and that'd be a that'd be a reason to break the truce. Sure, there is another way. She says, Lib says, puffing on the cigarette, looking to Sam. Rumor has it that some anarchs in the city are secretly working for Camarilla. If one to were to change sides and reveal the plot, then that would definitely be a betrayal of the truce. Really? You don't say. And who would that happen to be? I don't know. That's why Sam should check his contacts. If anybody knows, they'd be the Nosferatu. Mm -hmm. That would be a big step for anyone who came forward that way, but with the right bribe or with the right 
The trick there is that anyone who did that would have to change sides at the mob, and they'd be at the mercy of the mob and whoever was speaking as to their punishment, if any. But... Who's to say somebody doesn't call them out in the middle? Could happen. There's plenty of ways to skin a cat. Not that I like doing that. Hmm. There are. Alright, but we're settled. I'll go set things up with the dandy tonight. You're having the meeting with the magic men tonight. Trying to take care of the murder spirit tonight. If possible. You was a dog person. Lucius wags his tail. Why would you skin a cat? I said I don't do that. It's a vigorous speech, dumbass. I'm not sure I follow, uh, but okay. Alright, I think we know what we're gonna do, at least tonight. Let's see what the magic men have to say and uh, go from there. And that's... And that's about the point you feel it as the train rattles past a sign that says Eaton. You feel a pressure building in your skull. An irritation. And you hear the rumbling of the beast beyond your surface. Beyond, just behind your brain. The surface of your mind. And you realize you're almost home and oh god. Oh god, you didn't notice it before. Kind of like frogs boiling in a pot. You didn't notice the water getting hotter and hotter while you were in Dayton, but you've been away for a while. And now you're almost back, and you can feel itching your fingers, your teeth extending just a bit, the pounding of your blood when it shouldn't be pounding into your veins. Sam looks around. And you're not looking at friends and acquaintances any longer. You're looking at competition. Or arrogant, dead things that need to be taken down a notch or two. Even Lucius growls softly under his breath. This is the pressure that every kindred in Dayton, every living thing in Dayton is feeling an echo of. The bone grinder is here and it has waxed strong during these wars. And as we fade out for tonight, You have a lot to accomplish, Kindred. And uh, perhaps you've just gained an idea of the monumental task before you. <laughs>